I'm OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast. I am Matthew Wellington, your usual host. Although I say that, I've not been on since December 6th, so I've got to apologise. But we've been a little bit um, lapse with our podcasting the last couple of weeks, I think it's safe to say. I'm joined by the man who's got both shoes on this time, Mike Miller. No shoes on. No shoes on. Oh my God. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad I can't smell those. There's nothing smelly about my feet. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I can't just dropping that in either, there. So just dropping cool. that in there. And we've got, coming from a freezing cold car park in the middle of Coventry, we've got Hugh Hopkins. <laughs> well, guys, i got a quick question before we start. What do you think is longer? Do you think the list of teams who are approaching Carmelo Anthony or the list of, like... <laughs> Or the the list of Theresa May's other options in terms of Brexit. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. We're going to get topical. <laughs> well, there's got to be at least three teams approaching Mellow, so I'm going to say Mellow. So okay, fair enough. Let's crack Is on. Is it three? Then. I thought it had opened up to like half the league now. Everyone oh, seems to be. Well, yeah, involved. they're going to. Everyone wants him. Apparently, he's probably so teams <laughs> really? that have had him already this season. He's probably available for like. Ten dollars or something Top on the year. He's, it's going to be a he's got, he's, minimum, he's, isn't he's it? He's paid a hundred other teams. Yeah. So basically, he's teams might be interested in in him, but but my question would be why? Why are you interested in that? What is it going to bring you? It's uh, we talk uh, about Mellow far too much on this. Yeah, podcast. I, I, I fear this is going down a rabbit hole already. Let, let's let's crack on with things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. Say, I don't think you'll be negotiating Brexit for us anyway. So that, that's uh, thank that God that one on. We have been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. The website's been just running like a full full throttle, really. We've got to thank you and and Josh and Nick and everybody who's contributed to the site over the past few weeks. Like NBA London was obviously last Thursday. Um, you two were both there for various events throughout the week. Josh Coyne was also there. Um, Tom Wade was there. Tom Wade was there. Shout it was quite him a lot for his prolific writing. Yeah, as well. and the content we we got out. I mean, you know, Josh did something with Thomas Bryant, who ended up winning the game on a goal to end at the. At the end, which was an interesting one, and he spoke to Fisdale about Cantor, and we had some WNBA stuff about Natasha Cloud and um, the, the the Mystics. Like we we just kind of covered everything, and I think we all ran out of a lot of steam by by the weekend. So um, yeah, this is our uh, first pod in a while, but we're basically going to sit here tonight, discuss NBA London, discuss a few of the issues. Um, Josh actually managed to get in a question mark about ticketing, which we'll get onto in a minute. Um, but yeah, seriously, go check out the website at the moment, doubleclutch.uk. Loads of loads of fantastic content. Um, Nick's article about Kevin Durant is is something special. You wait a while for Mister Whitfield to write things, but when it comes out, it, it's it's worth the wait, and it's it it's a very interesting style um, of writing. I think it's safe to say, and you know, it's cool for a Knicks fan to have another outlet like that isn't the Knicks to worry about. So not just a Knicks fan. No, not the Knicks fan, the, the self-proclaimed number one, yeah. the biggest Knicks fan in the UK, <laughs> on ESPN. No, yeah, <laughs> on not ESPN. A big, not a big enough channel to. to you it's know, a bold claim. Your, uh, it was, yeah. I wonder how much how much slack he's had for that on Twitter. I mean, he's probably. See, I wonder whether he gets. Let's go. What do we think's longer? The queue of people giving him slack because they think they're bigger <laughs> Knicks fans, or the, the the queue for people slagging him on off for for admitting he is. A Knicks fan in public. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with the second one. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> cool. Right, on to London. Um, well, it's probably probably better off jumping over to, to you guys in a minute. But first, what we're going to do is just splicing a little bit of audio from um, 
Josh Coyne, who actually had a chance to to sit down at the, the the pregame press conference, which is Adam Silver's traditional one. Josh's on a roll. He did this last year and got some questions as well. But um, this year, he actually ended it ended the press conference with the final question and discussed resale tickets and uh, the fact that the sites are obviously driving up prices from the original uh, seller, which is causing problems. So here's Josh's question and what Adam Silver had to say, and then we'll come back and discuss that after we've had a listen. Final question, right-hand side, second row. Hi, Adam. Thank you very much on behalf of the United Kingdom. We really appreciate you bringing the game today. Thank you. Um, one of the ongoing discussions from a fan point of view um, has been the prices for this event. Um, resellers have been driving the tickets, the price of tickets up quite dramatically. What's your involvement and view in that? Do you, do you have any kind of um, connection to that ongoing discussion? The fact that resellers drive the price up, of course, concerns us because it disintermediates us as well from those ticket buyers. We no longer even have a direct relationship with them. And it, it, it befuddles us a bit, and it's an issue globally, and, and we deal with it all the time in the United States because even at the initial prices at which we um, charge fans, most people think those are fairly high ticket prices, but we're even at those numbers undercutting the market because clearly there's a market to buy those tickets and then resell them for significantly higher values. And those tickets, which were, as I said, were also sold at fairly high prices, sold out in less than an hour. So there are measures we could take maybe closer to what airlines do with their tickets that seem fairly draconian to me to prevent people from transferring tickets you know, from one person to another. And I'm not so sure would be wise at this point. So it's something we're monitoring. My sense is, like with a lot of things we've discussed, technology will change over time, which will allow us to have that direct relationship with the fan and where we'll be able to put in place controls where people will only be able to transfer ownership of a ticket with our permission. But there, there are also legal issues, especially country by country, on how you can control ticket pricing in that way. So I think right now, unfortunately, it's a fact of life. But but we, of course, want to see our most passionate fans in the building, not just those who can afford to pay the, the very high secondary market prices. I think I think it's great that he asked this question because it's it's the one that's been on everyone. Well, certainly if you're a UK fan, has been on every UK fan's lips since the the tickets went on sale back in. Was it, it was October, wasn't it? It's was just after the season tip that they, they launched them. Um, and it's the same one every year. We never get the answer that we want and that isn't political. And I kind of feel <laughs> that, that Adam, my good friend Adam, kind of sat on the fence <laughs> a little with this. I mean, he's, he said there are options, but it's, uh, it's, it's just a weird one. Technology, how's it going to change and help any of this? The technology's there to do this now. You can easily stop resale. If it's gonna, I don't care if it's draconian. Just stop it. If it, I, and I get that they're a commercial entity, so from their perspective, if the tickets sell, it doesn't matter who they sell to because it doesn't affect their bottom line in the short term. But with it being such a, a philanthropic enterprise and being, you know, NBA cares, <laughs> and with all the sort of uh, events they put on during the week, they have to understand that by denying. Uh, people who can't afford the the expensive tickets, 
they are losing out on a fan base and not just a fan base but a key fan base for the NBA because traditionally it's been the, the, the sport of lower income families because basketball is so not necessarily in the UK but it's so accessible in the states it's easy to play you play it on your own there there are courts just about everywhere it just seems a bit it just seems a bit odd to me and it, oh, I don't know and and at the same time I'm now wondering whether we're even going to get a game again and whether this is it and we've just been moaning for for nine well not nine years but we've been moaning for many years about it and now it's going to be taken away from us yeah, it's one of those things that every every time the tickets are announced, we end up, you know, trying to get some form of statement. We get the same sort of we well, we seem to have had the same statement for the last three or four years, and the fans kick off on Twitter. You know, we ca- we do seem to get the brunt of it sometimes. Um, That's brilliant. I mean, I we're, we're not yeah, and we're not necessarily affiliated with NBA UK, but the fact that we are, you know, the one the people ones people are going to is is probably a good thing. But I, I, I guess he has a point about the fact that they're selling it at a higher price. So technically, that the NBA could sell it at a higher price as well. But that's, you know, besides the point. You've got fans from 39 countries, probably more from the people who did purchase on resale sites all over the world, um, you know, coming to London for sort of one big marquee event and to have to pay extortionate prices to sit, you know, right at the back of the O2. I mean, I went that the only ever time I think I've sat right at the back of the O2 was for the first um, first series game, which was 2009, the Raptors and the Nets. And, you know, I don't mind the view up there, but at the end of the day you you kind of lose a bit of the atmosphere because you're not right down in the in, in the sort of the, the middle tiers and yeah it's a real shame that you know this is a thing but Hugh wrote a pretty you know fantastic article on the website the other night uh, yesterday actually um where he kind of balanced it all and I think the threat of us losing a game is is pretty real seeing quite a lot of things from the times and Forbes over the last few days um about Paris pulling it away because you know once the arena there has been renovated uh, they'll be ready, but it's it's a real you know it's a sore point for UK fans at the moment ticketing. Yeah, I think like that is the danger. We in in reality, the complaints about ticket prices probably not going to matter much in too many years' time. Whether that's next year or the year after, from the feeling I got down there, um, especially especially in the in the press conference. But um, also, I was at one of the junior NBA events earlier in the day, um, and I was there with about three or four other journalists, all European. Uh, I think one was Spanish, one was Italian. Um, I'm not sure where the other one was, but um, they all were asking these questions, and it feels almost like, almost like they know something that we don't, in the sense that they are... You know, I said in the article that I wrote, there was eight of the 12 questions that were asked to Adam Silver. They were all related to moving the game Um, and not just, you know, and that was just moving the NBA London game. Um, There were also a couple of questions about starting up a franchise, which I didn't include in my total count, but starting up a franchise somewhere in Europe or starting up the, uh, the NBA 2K League. Um, somewhere in Europe you know it feels like there's a lot of momentum coming from Europe and a lot of people saying why can't we have this sort of thing here you know it's been in London for however many years and you know I think in uh, the conclusion I came to in my article is that going back 10 years you know the NBA I think you guys will probably agree with me it wasn't as big as it is in the UK now and the fact that the fact that it has grown so much, maybe the NBA is going, 
yeah, okay, I think we did it, guys. You know, this is a bit of a success story. The UK is the most... Um, it's the biggest country in terms of League Pass sub- subscribers outside of the States. Um, that amazed oh, me. Oh, no, no, <laughs> just, just in Europe. Sorry, ju- just in Europe, my mistake. Um, so, you know, they're probably thinking, let's go do that in Paris. Let's go do that in Spain. Um, let's go do that in Italy. You know, and they've got... We're not the only place where they've got an NBA headquarters. You know, they've got some in Germany. Um, I think... I think we could be seeing the final days um, of the NBA regular season London game. Now, I don't think that'll mean uh, they stop coming, you know, we've because they also play global games in pre-season and things like that throughout, uh, you, you know, in, at different times of the year. So I don't think it's going to be the end of the NBA's presence in London, um, but it is possibly the end of the regular season game. Yeah. It'd be a shame that would, as well. It would be a shame, yeah. Because we, we've, like you say, we've had it for nine years and it has grown interest in the league to the point where people are... Uh, there's a there's a vested interest because people get upset when they don't get to go. But it, it <laughs> winds me up that it's still considered... That, that as, a, as, a, as a country, for whatever reason, and it's not necessarily the NBA's fault because they do a lot. So they do the junior NBAs, they do the clinics, they bring the game here... Why is it not getting more recognition in the press? Why is why is it why is it still just an afterthought? And that that frustrates me hugely. Um, absolutely, I can see why they take it to other countries because I think the game is respected more in those countries. That's why they've set up the the NBA cafe in Barcelona. That's why they've got the EU uh, NBA shop in Milan. It's because the, the the appetite is is stronger there, the passion is stronger there, the love and respect for the game is stronger there. It just feels like we've had a, uh, an incredible opportunity for the last well, let's call it a decade, and we've we've floundered it. I think we've been taking the piss. If I'm like to be really you know frank about it, you look at the FIBA World Rankings at the moment: Spain, France, Serbia, Lithuania, Slovenia, like. They're all right up there, and especially Spain and France. The basketball, their own basketball leagues, are as competitive as anything. The national teams have been fantastic over the past, you know, decade and a bit. They've had international players go across and play in the the NBA, and they've impacted the game, and they've had a real spread of that. Whereas here, mainly due to you know sort of funding issues, and there's been a, there's been, I think, and I'm, I don't know, if I'm going out of the way saying this, but I think there's been a lack of respect from the the, the TV providers. For the NBA and the way it's been treated, um, obviously the deal with Sky at the moment has been fairly good. Like Sky USA and the channel and everything is yeah. is fantastic. The fact that we're getting the you know the broadcasting as and when is is fantastic. But the biggest problem was that is we only found out late. Like if the NBA was this big serious thing, then we would have known a couple of months ago that they'd given people a chance to prepare. Not like, the I guess day that's, before the season no, tips. Exactly. And when BT did it, like. BT, you know, fair enough. They were they were a new company. They're coming in, grabbing the NBA was a good thing for them, I think. But they they didn't really treat it with the the sort of respect and passion that I think it needs to to grow in this country. And I mean, you you see it now, like the way Sky have treated it, the the fact that their Twitter account has got. I mean, BT never even had an NBA Twitter account, and how long did BT have the the the, the NBA for? Five years, no Twitter account, you know, like no dedicated website promoting news or anything. Sky are doing all this now, which is great, but I have a feeling it might be a little bit too late. Um, I mean, the game the other night wasn't the greatest. I mean, the Wizards came from 16 points down in the end to beat the Knicks on a goaltend, which confused the hell out of a lot of the fans there. 
I had a friend of mine who has no idea, you know, what's what in basketball. And they were messaging me and was like, what what just happened? And, you know, you have to go through the whole explaining it in key points and bullet points. Um, <laughs> I, I had the same conversation. Yeah, it's like, what just happened? But at the end of the day, I genuinely think this, you know, Great Britain, you know, with all due respect to guys like Lowell Deng and Joel Freeland, who've played in the NBA and have had a great impact, but it, it kind of hasn't festered in this country enough that it's been, you know, one of the one of the critical sports and the funding and the way it's been treated by the broadcasters has, has not helped. It's kind of always been seen as just a a second sport. And whether that's the NBA's fault, I don't know because I know when the NFL was kicking off over here, they tried it in the seventies and the eighties. Then back again in the late nineties and the early two thousands, they started to give away the television licenses for nothing, which meant that you know BBC and Channel Four could show the games all the time, and that led to a huge growth. And I think we had that for a while, but it was never really. It was still in the days where if you wanted to watch a game, you had to stay up and use a VHS or whatever, or you know, beat your mouse, whatever it is you're using to record games. Now, League Pass has opened up a whole new world, and certainly among the young people. I mean, we know from the, the sort of reviews we've done of, you know, who looks at Double Clutch and who goes on, on Twitter and stuff that, you know, 16 to 34 or whatever is the is the biggest area for sort of, you know, our content. And yeah, the fact that Spain and France, like, you know, they're two and three, I think, in the FIBA rankings at the moment. Um, not sure which order, but they're, they're, rough, they're up there. The fact that neither of them have had a proper regular season game, I think, is a bit of a joke. And I think the European press have, uh, have, have been rightly annoyed ever since 2009. I mean, with the vibe I've got from them whenever I've done press over the last, you know, nine years has been that they, they don't tend to treat the Brits with, a, with that much respect because we don't respect the game enough. Um, obviously, there's dedicated guys like like you two and us and others, but you know the fact that the Guardian and the Sun and the Mirror and the Times or whatever they might turn up for one game a year and never cover the NBA for the rest of the season, like that's that's taking the piss in my opinion. So I'm um, yeah, if it moved to France or or Paris or you know same thing, if it moved to France or Spain, you know I, I would not be surprised. Well, the good news for me is I live almost as close to Paris by the train <laughs> as I do London, so. Maybe next year I'll just hop on the Eurostar. Hey, that's um, a way more fun trip for me than going to London, I tell you. <laughs> that's a holiday, man. Yeah, well, only if you stay for more than the evening. Um, <laughs> it's a bit difficult going for an evening. <laughs> no, it's not. It's your, well, it is from, from your neck of the woods. Um, I was going to say, yeah, from <laughs> middle yeah, of nowhere. It's, it's, uh, it will be hugely disappointing if if it goes, but I can absolutely see why it would. And it's funny that Hugh mentioned Brexit at the start of the call because I think the timing of this because the whole one of the one of the key things that Silver has said over the past few years about this relationship is the access to that that the UK has to Europe. It's the setup it has with AEG. So obviously AEG is set, uh, are re- renovating the the, the, the Parisian uh, arena. Um, so if if we, I wonder how much and whether Brexit has some sort of implication in this. I mean that's speculation yeah. entirely. But if if their their goal is to drive it in Europe, well, yeah. The the whole Brexit thing, like I I've I considered sort of going into that rabbit hole right when we when I was putting this article together. I didn't. I I chose not to because because there are so many unknowns. Um, well, still, d- 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 <laughs> despite. Despite, <laughs> um, but the the 
at the moment they're just trying to figure out um you know basically whether there's going to be a deal um and whether we're going to have access as in free movement the likelihood is we're not so then we got to go to like an immigration um sort of situation and a visa situation it is going to get harder and not just that i think when you think of like um the currencies and how much better off the euro could possibly be like i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna try and get too far into the politics of it because this is not a politics (laughs) debate but there are there are so many good reasons for um for uh, surrounding brexit for the nba to essentially not get involved with with london so much and and go straight into the heart because it's gonna cost people so much more to get over into the uk from europe if they end up doing the game here and, and as we've been speaking about the tickets are already so expensive that it's it you know they may end up losing some of that european uh draw which you know is a is a huge thing for them like you said the other uh, the other european countries they invest so much more into basketball and this was one of the key things that um john amici uh you know british nba legend said to me while i was while i was down there is that is that you know we have we have let ourselves down in many ways the the governing bodies in in this country have not galvanized the youth enough and you know we we know all the stats the stats are that you know you've got young people playing basketball more than any other sport apart from football um in terms of you know during their school age years so what what happens to them and they just disappear and then they stop being fans and then they drift away from the game you know i've had a lot of friends in my life who have you know who i was playing basketball with in high school and they they just drifted away from the game because there's nothing the you know it, the the involvement of of the sport just falls off a cliff and doesn't reach out to anybody in this country so you know yeah they do look abroad to the nba um but there's there's no sort of feeding system to to keep these people involved in the game and that i think ruins the fan experience because we know guys you know we're talking to people all the time via double clutch we've got so many great connections of of people in different pockets around the uk but it's like it's like this podcast we're in three different locations right now because you know i i probably don't have enough apart from the basketball team i play with i probably don't have enough you know close friends who can just talk nba with me i don't know about you guys so we have to seek each other out which is <laughs> which is amazing because we meet new people and we do these amazing things but it's you know when was the last time that we saw a i guess og ananobi is the is the latest we can't claim British him. Player. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say. Right, but, but that's, that, that's what I'm to. saying. I love no, OG, that's, but... That's what I'm yeah. saying, right? The, the last person was probably Luol Deng. And uh, and even, you know, he spent time in America and stuff like that before getting into the end. You know, realistically, we are creating no product over here. So if we're doing, if we're not doing that, we're not, you know, we're not helping ourselves. And quite frankly, so the... We... the go- I think, the governing I think bodies are, are have producing, a big role to play. I think. I think I, I I think we're producing product, but not to the sufficient standard. I mean, we had Luke Nelson, who's now playing in Spain, went undrafted two years ago, but was playing uh, summer league for the Clippers. So we have guys who are close, but I I get your point. There's there's no one there who can really grasp the attention of the nation, and even when they can, even when you've got an all star like Deng was, 
earning more money than 90% of the Premier League, he's still treated with, with disrespect. He's not He's not embraced. He's not um, paraded as he should have been. And as an icon of, you know, and if, say what you want about his, his NBA career, you know, he was an all-star. I mean, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He's, he's, he was a great two-way player. He would have been great in this era um, for, for, you know, the style of play he had, had he been born about eight years later. Um, but he he's never been showing the respect he should have been. We had an NBA star and we did nothing with it. Yeah. And it's stark contrast to other countries. Like when I first started, you know, well, it doing sounds like Australia. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Australia is exactly. the prime example. Australia. Yeah, have, Australia. In the last ten years, we've mentioned it on pods before, but the development academies that they started pumping funding into has then produced Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons could be, you know, one of the great players in the NBA if he can find himself outside the Premier at some point, or even taking a jump shot that would help. But like they have produced players from an academy system, and we just—I don't know. There's just no, there's no funding or anything in place. But anyway, we're going to get stuck on this for a, a long I told time. Told you we'd yeah. get stuck on this. <laughs> well, well, of course we do. It's London, and it's you know, it's one of the passionate things. And like Hugh said, like me and Mike, we came together because of we had a mutual place to talk talk basketball, and this podcast has done that. And Hugh's joined us, and other guys have joined us. And I started this because I have none of my friends in Norwich like basketball. So it was a case of, you know, Twitter and the internet has been a great thing for me because I've been able to sort of reach out and find like-minded people. And, you know, NBA Twitter, as everybody knows, is the best kind of Twitter. Um, (laughs) Anyway, moving on, we're going to try and do our sort of quarter two uh, recap. We're going to fly through all thirty teams. I say this because this is this is probably we're probably going to miss someone. I'm I'm going to um, go with the, I'm taking the under on this. <laughs> <laughs> How quick do you reckon we could talk about some of these teams? That's the question. Well, we're already twenty five minutes into this, so uh, it's fine. We've done a show in two weeks, Mike. Keep pants on. That's gonna be fine. <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, we're going to start. With, I, I've just got. I'm going to do an alphabetical order. It just it was easier. The Atlanta Hawks, you know, they're 14 and 32 at the moment. Quite obvious that they are building for the future. Um, Trey Young has been a very bright spark for them, I think. He's not great on the defensive end, but you know, that'll come. Has he been um, a bright spark for them? Not not great look, on the defensive end, as you've just said. Look, I'm trying, uh, to, gra- I'm trying to grab something. Don't. Just pass on these guys. I'm not passing on these guys because him, him and John Collins have been good. Uh, guys, no, but they, that's the... no, no. That's the thing to grab is John Collins, right? Yes. Trey yes. Young is is exactly what we expected him to be, right? He is um, a young point guard, and young point guards suck. There's been a, <laughs> there's been a handful uh, I'd, of I'd challenge um, that as well. There's been a handful of truly great point guards in their rookie year. Um, yeah. You know, off the, off the top of my head, you got Chris Paul, Jason Kidd was incredible. Um, but it took Steve Nash, you know, six years to get going properly. Um, it took a lot of these guys. It, you know, running an NBA offense is very difficult. And I think Trey Young, I this is exactly what I thought would happen with him. To be perfectly honest, John Collins is doing very well. Um, and I think John, you know, he made a lot of fans when he came over to the UK for his the NBA crossover trip last summer. He did. Um, I remember him playing 2K and standing about a meter from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it but he's you know, I think it, so he's garnering a lot of attention and um and you know, he's averaging 18 and 10. He should be, you know, getting a lot of attention. He's playing well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that, but it's it's for the Atlanta Hawks. They 
But, oh yeah, um, I haven't watched. They, they I, are I don't terrible, think I've watched a whole we, game. We're trying to highlight, you know, in this country, people support all teams, and we here at Double Clutch are fans of the league. We're not just, you know, please, please if a listener out there is a Hawks fan, yeah. Yeah. let us know. Have you okay, ever no, met okay, a UK-based Hawks fan? I don't That's know. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, we need to find someone, man. You know, it'd be great if we had a fan of all thirty teams right for the site, wouldn't it? But you know, probably never going to happen. Um, the Boston Celtics—they are twenty-nine and eighteen at the moment. They put them fifth in the Eastern Conference. This team is way less fun than it should be. I think is probably the best phrase. They—they they look like a title contender some nights, and they don't others. Um, they looked really good the other night in the Martin Luther King game against the Heat. Um, Kyrie Irving went off in that one. Al Horford as well. Um, Marcus Morris is having an unbelievable season. I'd urge everybody to go and check out the latest um, Celtics live podcast as well because our very own Josh Coyne was on there talking NBA London and catching up on the Celtics because that's what he does. He's a Celtics fan. Um, but, you know, they've got the <laughs> third best net. <laughs> no, he's not. They're, they're the third best. Uh, they've got the third best net rating in the league. So they're not that bad, but they're a little bit of a disappointment, the Celtics, I think. Yeah, they're, they? they're not the the surprise package they were and I say surprise package they're not the the fairy tale story no, they were last year where everyone pulled together and you've got the disharmony and all the rumors swirling around Kyrie and things too like that too talented <laughs> yeah, yeah and I I get it and but I'm not worried about them at all like I I I I'm not because they've still got a top 5 defense that's sort of where I stand I mean let Let's, regardless of what the team is, regardless of who the players are, let's say you've got um, two of your top, what, five players and they didn't play, you know, what was it, 40 games between them last year. One of them missed the entire season and, you know, basically they... And he was a new player that year. So he has basically played half a game prior to this season with the team. I mean, and you put them all back in the lineup this year. What would you expect at this point in the season? Like, what what record? I mean, they, they, they're what, 29 and 18 or something? I haven't got it in front of me, apologies. But they that's pretty much where I'd expect... 29 and 18 is spot on. Booyah. Um, that's <laughs> where I'd sort of expect them to be if with, with that description in mind i mean yes there's a lot of drama there's a lot of weird Kyrie stuff as there always is but actually i think that's a fair estimate where i would where i would have put them prior to the season are they, are they, are they knocked on to win 60 games though because i'm pretty sure a lot of people especially people here at double clutch put them down for 60 wins at the start of this season i might have yeah, been probably, one I, of them, I don't but... think they've performed <laughs> i don't think they've performed as well as we thought they would I, I get that where they are now is is about right for what this team is, which is only two games off being the third seed. Well, they're only three games off what the expected win-loss was, if you go by ESPN uh, rankings. It, it just feels that some of the magic's gone. It just it, Some of that sort of... Whatever it was they had last year, it, it's, yeah. ju- it's just not there now. They've just and got whether it's the constant talk of, you know, where's Kyrie going next summer? Because that's going to, you know, disturb and unsettle... Um, the locker room, whether it's Rogier's out playing for money, um, whether it's oh, we've got to do our utmost to to get AD and and Tatum's, you know, himself is saying, you know what, I'd trade me for AD. I, I just think all these sort of <laughs> this 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 off the court stuff has got to be having an impact on them. Yeah, Hugh nailed it on the head in the background though when he said it's expectations. It's the expectations of. Kyrie Irving's on this team. Kyrie Irving won an NBA Finals series for LeBron James and probably doesn't get enough credit for it. One of the 
biggest shots in NBA history. Uh, you've got Terry Rozier, who had a phenomenal breakout year last year. Probably should have been traded at that point. Wasn't traded, so that's caused problems. Jalen Brown could quite clearly be a starter uh, based on his performances last season. Not quite seen that this year, so he, he wants out to get more minutes. You've got Tatum, you've got Horford. I know he's been injured, but there, there's so many guys on this roster. Like The phrase too talented, which Kyrie brought out a couple of weeks back, is... It's probably you know apt because there is an awful lot of talent on this team. But once they get to the playoffs, I think they'll they'll slowly they'll they'll figure it out. And you know when Kyrie takes over, like he has done in games the past few weeks, especially against Toronto, um, big three right at the end of the fourth quarter, like he's the best player on the court a lot of these nights. And I think they will they'll, they'll just get it together and they'll probably end up in the Eastern Conference Finals after all of this um this moaning. Anyway. Onto a surprise package, um, the Brooklyn Nets. They're twenty-five and twenty-three at the moment, which puts them sixth in the Eastern Conference. I think they're better than their record says they are. Um, they've they've been crazy. I mean, they lost to Oklahoma City back in December. They're fourteen and five since that game, and the whole team's just playing so well. Joe Harris is is third in the league in three-point shooting. Like the Nets have become this factory for you know three point shooting bigs the last like five seasons it's been crazy because you look at what Brooke Lopez is, is doing now and he's a one of the you know original pieces for their team um D'Angelo Russell's you know proving Magic Johnson wrong by coming out and and leading a team and he, he's been phenomenal I think he's got eight plus um 30 point plus games this season which is which is great for him and they are they're a real surprise like I never thought I'd say this but the Brooklyn Nets are an absolute joy to watch on league pass I've, they really I've had are. to break my uh, Brooklyn Nets um, <laughs> period of abstinence, which I which has lasted a number of seasons because I just couldn't watch it. Uh, watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, they they have absolutely taken the, the, the league by storm, and it's quite funny that they're sat one spot um, below the Celtics, given how the Celtics have plundered uh, the resources for the Nets. Getting yes. back yeah, to that, that trade, that. <laughs> and it's it you know they've done it, and their, their top player, yes, it, it's probably Russell, but for there was a period where it was like, oh, is it Karis Levert, and he's been out since, God knows when, with a dislocated ankle. So they they managed to it's, just it's plug Spencer in and Dinwiddie, step in. is it? Well, it could well, be, yeah, it, it could, could be, be Dinwiddie, Din, but he's not really he still doesn't start, does he? So I'm not saying he, that's he could, he could be an all star this season. Yeah, could well, he? well, they've he's got playing, the best bench in the NBA. Like really, I think we've he's seen playing it. like it. I no, mean, it, that they in the like, East, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike's exactly. on a negative I mean, five tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that he's like he's he's a he's like a, one of these guys where you're like, yeah, he's doing really well, but all star, no. Not I don't know. I, he's, I was, he's leading I was, the best bench I can't, in the I can't remember his uh, stats off the top of my head. I know, I know, it's not I'll all about stats, you, but... but I don't care if he's leading the best bench in the league. That's not an all star. <laughs> That's that, it's not it's, it's all star, not all bench star. Come on now. Uh, he's I wasn't agreeing with you. I was just chucking that spanner in the works because it was amusing. He's uh, <laughs> That's why we uh, podcast. 17, uh, 17 points, 5.1 assists, 2.5 rebounds. That's not back yeah, on the bench, man. That's an all-star, isn't it? Get out. Hey. hey! <laughs> I'm, there's, I'm, there's... I'm waving my Dikembe <laughs> finger at you. That is not an all-star. There's a lot of other players who are doing that. Like, oh, come on. Like, you're really going exactly. to tell me They're that Derek all-stars. Rose should be in and he shouldn't? <laughs> I don't, Derek I don't Rose think Derek is Rose like... should be in at all. Like, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's a, another debate for another day. But what I will say is that I have been super impressed with D'Angelo Russell this year. He has turned into yes. quite the fu- quite the fine point guard. Um, he, I I honestly think he might be one of the best passes in the league. Which coming from someone who really just would not pass um, unless he was being barked at by Kobe in his like first year, like it, <laughs> he uh, he really has come on leaps and bounds and he sees the floor so beautifully um yeah he's he's definitely definitely up there for me and i'm i'm happy to see the nets um you know regularly now on league pass because let's be honest they might have some of the sweetest jerseys in the nba as well well the the thing that's impressed me about d'angelo and like back when he was a laker i I was i was a fan i probably wasn't as big a fan as i was of like julius randall and some of the other guys but like i respected d'lo for what he was at the time now it's it's phenomenal to see his growth. I mean, he's ninth in the league in three point field goal field goals made, thirteenth in assists, like you were mentioning, and he's reached that point that point guards need to reach in their career, where he just doesn't care about the primary defender. He's all about you know taking cues from what's going on the rest of the court, looking at the help defense, and that's where he's been so critical for the Nets this season. He's a threat from all over the floor. He can you know pull you out and shoot shoot the three, or he can drive and score him score under the rim, like. It's that point where he knows he can beat the man in front of him. So it's just about what else is going on the court. And the Nets are really, you know, his PERs up, all of his shooting percentages up, every possible statistic category, I think, is up for him this season. And yeah, I, I'm I'm really surprised by the Nets. Like they are a hell of a lot of fun to watch. They've pushed the Warriors in a couple of games this season. They pushed the Rockets the other night, playing some lethal three-two zone defense. Um, but they've been a real surprise and you know they're still like 28th out of 30 in um, attendance so fans still aren't going there which which is is weird but they've they've been thrilling yes agreed yeah, they, they have <laughs> I've, got, I've got I can't, I'm not going to say anything else on them they, they have I, yeah they've been great anyway right the Charlotte Hornets not so great um, 22 and 24 at the moment they're stuck in the same cycle they've been in the last few years don't think there's much more we can really say about the Hornets um Kemba Walker needs more help. That's it, basically. Yeah, that's, and that's the same story for the past however many years again. Kemba, it is. Kemba needs so, help. Unfortunately, Charlotte Hornet fans, that's all we're going to say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Chicago Bulls, oh God, it gets worse. Um, they're 11 and 36 at the moment. Everybody in the league, even Bulls fans who won't admit it, like knew this team was going to be bad this year. They fired Fred Hoiberg. They brought in Jim Bolin. There was nearly a mutiny in the first week of his his tenure um, and then they raised his contract and they decided they were going to go out and trade for Camelo but then they immediately waived him so that was that was weird um, have they waived him now I thought they'd waived him maybe was, I got there, that wrong there, there was there was I heard something saying they had no plans to waive him soon oh. no no I think I thought it had been confirmed by Shams um, I think they released him I thought he was traded and imme- immediately waived <laughs> that, that's the plan was to, to trade and who will wave i've not seen waved but he may he may have been i'm I, 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 I don't i don't <laughs> think the term waved was used i think it was released i don't know i don't i i, I don't know what the technical difference is but um we, we should really no do, do some work on some cap stuff um but <laughs> There's no difference between waived and released. They're the same because they'll have to clear waivers before anyone gets gets near them. Yeah. But I, I literally every everything I've seen, it's like he will be waived. He will be waived. And then I saw one saying that the Bulls have got no plan to waive him yet. And I was just like, well, 
what are they playing at? Because they kind of seem to be messing around with Lopez too. It's like, what is the purpose? Yeah, well, he wanted to go. He said he was going to, he made his intentions clear, didn't he? He said he was going to join the Golden State Warriors if he was left, if they released him. So, uh, so Shams, I'm on his Twitter um, timeline. It's January 22nd, that's what, yesterday. Rockets yep. and Bulls a completed trade. Carmelo Anthony draft rights to John Diebler and 1.56 million to Chicago for draft rights to Tadjia. Oh my God, Dragicevic. <laughs> wow. Um, does just not stop trying to say it, Mike. Waived. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll just keep trying. Um, it doesn't confirm he's been waived yet. Like, I've no doubt he will be. That's going to be the plan. Yeah. But I, I can't. Half of me was wondering was like. Are the balls just deliberately like that? Started with the Lopez thing. Are they that bitter about comparing dynasties with the the Warriors that they're trying to deliberately hamper <laughs> them by not letting them have Lopez, and they're taking on what Houston doesn't want to try and help Houston get over that hill? I don't know. That's just ooh, a conspiracy ooh, theory. Right. You and your well, conspiracy theories. Yeah, I've got my little hat on again in the corner. My little tinfoil <laughs> hat. Apparently, the um, I was I was listening to uh, Count the Dings, I think it was, and they were saying how um, how Chicago and Houston have a couple of people who are quite tight, and it's sort of you know you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back down the line. Um, so I I think that's possibly what it is, and I think the reason they didn't immediately release him is possibly because the day that it all went down. The league office was actually closed on the Monday for MLK Day. It's a national holiday. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so this... that's why they had to trade Melo in the first place. Uh, sorry, they didn't trade him, did they? They couldn't trade him on the Monday. They had to waive uh, Wayne somebody. Oh, Wayne no, Selden? It might have been that. Uh, someone who was on a 10-day contract they had to waive him to create the roster space to pick up for Reed. And then, I don't, and then they've obviously orchestrated this afterwards as well. But it's just bizarre. It really is, and it's it's kind of like a, you know, Chicago finally got their man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I there was this amazing tweet by Jay Skeets. Shout out Jay Skeets, um, and he said uh, he said, "What's going to be worth more, the uh, Atlanta Hawks jersey or the um, or, or the Chicago Bulls jersey from now?" <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a tweet which uh, had photoshops of them both, and it was like, "Which version of Mello is better?" And he's like in the Hawks jersey yeah. shooting it. Yeah, clever, clever boys, aren't they? But um, yeah, I, I, I wonder where he's going to go. The, the balls, on the other hand, keep doing what you're doing and head for head for Zion. Tank, yeah, tank and tank. Uh, speaking of more tankers, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're nine and thirty-nine. They are horrific. The game between them and the Bulls the other night was just oh, like it was like you may as well actually. Did you watch your, that? Poking your eyes out would have been more fun. No, I saw some highlights and was like, oh my god, I'm glad I didn't watch this. They it had was just highlights. turnover after turnover after turnover. Before, yeah, but uh, before Zach we Levine go, just took it as his personal playground. Before we go too deep into this, can can I just say? What did you think of the MLK Day slate uh, games? Like, I was, I was kind of disappointed in terms of the the actual matchups. Like, the, the lack of drama. The, well, not just the lack of drama. The the lack of good teams playing early. The and like the only ones that really sort of uh, got going was later in the night. But I, I don't know. Even them, they, they some of them ended up being blowouts. It was, 
it was a bit of a disappointment considering we had like what what was it 11 games i didn't really come away feeling like wow that was a that was an excellent watch you know admittedly i didn't watch all of them but you know there was uh yeah i, I was just a bit gutted after that to, to be honest I, like the recent mlk games in the last couple of years have not been great like the best one i can remember in the past like nine years since we well, you know or whatever since we've been doing this podcast was probably Camelo Anthony in the garden versus the bulls like that was that was you know pure drama but yeah um the games in the not great i mean Bro- brooklyn sacramento was an interesting one but like you had to have league pass to watch that i know league pass was free but like you know if general fans if you're not going to pick that up we're not going to be able to watch it but the two games that were on sky um the bucks and the mavs that was okay luca was doing his thing you know youngest uh, second youngest player to get a triple double uh, Giannis played really well again brook lopez was on fire and then you had the later game which was the grizzlies and the and the pelicans but you know, Grizzlies and Pelicans doesn't excite anybody. Um, God, them but, Grizzlies, man. That's just that's uh, just sad. But yeah, no, I, I get what you mean about the slate. It, it wasn't wasn't much fun. But yeah, the Cavs uh, this season, not great. Most of that's probably down to the fact that Kevin Love's not playing. Um, that, that doesn't help them. But we'll move on. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. When was the last time Kevin Love led a successful team? Uh, a while ago. Are we, are we gonna go? Are we no, gonna go the correct answer here? is okay. never. Can we not get bogged down in that? <laughs> but, Lids, don't, don't, but let's not make out that he's suddenly going to turn no, the Cavs I'm around. I'm sorry. How old was Kevin Love when he was trying to push that that Minnesota team over the top or into the playoffs? He was he was a very young guy, and not just that, he had possibly. I mean, look at Minnesota today. Like it, it's not exactly you know rife with great ownership. The, it's an organization problem. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think that's necessarily his fault. I think he's been. No, I'm uh... not blaming him. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just saying, and I'm not like, I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying he's not good enough to make that team anything close to competitive. There, there's, there's, no. there is enough. Go- there's an absolute. That is a trash can of a of a, a roster right now. Add add in Kevin Love for all his worth, and when he, however young he was in Minnesota. He still still set the league record for double doubles consecutively. Twenty. He still was put. He he still was just. He was an all star, but he still couldn't lead them to the playoffs. That's that's my point. Let's not make out that that Kevin Love is a a franchise cornerstone who can who can lead a team to the promised land that is the playoffs because he, he's not proven that. <laughs> you took a lot from that one statement of they're not they're bad because Kevin Love's not playing. <laughs> yeah, like what, what do you expect this team to be? They would have been bad with him. Well, they would they be would less be better bad. than they are. <laughs> yeah, but, well, okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe they'd be above the Knicks and the Bulls and the Hawks, <laughs> but that's it. That what does he do? He's only, he's, he's only had two that's seasons where he's five more wins points to your more. total. Oh, man. I, and I, I don't I like... dislike Kevin Love either. I'm I like not having Love. it that this franchise would be relevant without. Oh, you just, you're just a hater, Mike. Cavs somehow. He is. Uh, well, He's yeah, on a hate no. wagon tonight. <laughs> There's no hate. I just. <laughs> Dallas Carry Mavericks. On. Can, can we move? Can we move on, gents? Uh, 21 and 26. They've been a bit topsy turvy this season. Luka Doncic has obviously been the the standout. Um, He's probably won Rookie of the Year already. He's taken the league by storm. A lot of debates about whether he should be an All Star. Uh, there's a lot of questions about Dennis Smith Jr. and whether or not he'll be on the team come the trade deadline. I mean, you two, quick yes or no. Is he going to be there? Yeah. Yeah, what are they going to get back for him? Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, they're still hovering around the 500 mark. I mean, I wouldn't rule them out of making the playoffs, but purely because of Rick Carlisle and the way Luke has been playing. But there's a lot of old guys on that team that aren't helping them. Um, 
Anyway, wow, moving on. Is that a subtweeted Dirk? <laughs> <laughs> I love so, Dirk. <laughs> um, yeah, carry on. The Detroit Pistons. They are ninth in the Eastern Conference. They have won 20 games and lost 26. Um, it, this year's just bad, I think. Um, other people might have a different opinion, but it seems to have been a bit of a disaster. I mean, you bring Dwayne Casey in, you give him the full summer to sort of prepare and prep with Blake Griffin, and you want to make a run for the playoffs, but it, it just isn't happening. They're, they're, they're pretty bad. I mean, Blake Griffin's been exceptional this season, but Andre Drummond seems to have regressed. Like... Uh, Andre Drummond Stanley, seems to be doing Stanley okay, Johnson in my opinion. as well. Stanley Johnson, I, like, what happened to him? I think, I mean, I'd never expected Stanley Johnson to be uh, anything more than, I guess, a decent bench player. Like, did he you had really think he was going to take ones. that? I fell for it. Well, well, good on him. Congratulations. <laughs> I just think, I just think, like they they don't have a guard. Like the. It's mental that they don't have a single player on the... That's an insult to Reggie Jackson. (laughs) Good. Good. What what has Reggie Jackson ever done apart from be a microwave off the bench? Like, when he was in OKC. Like, he's never really run a team. He doesn't know how to do that. That's not his strength. I think he's been miscast trying to turn him into a, a, you know, a credible point guard. They need to... They've... The reason that Blake Griffin is bringing the ball up the court every single possession is because they have no one else to be able to do that. And I think, I think you know, I, I, I feel for Blake. I really do. I think he feels for himself as well, to be fair. <laughs> uh, like the, did you, you guys obviously saw the, uh, the no handshake issue. Ah, um, uh, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing? Nothing? Yeah, that's I, a I pre-game think, routine. I think something He there. said it's his pre-game routine. <laughs> Yeah, well, you... yeah, right. Because people never do something slightly different. But I think fair play to him. I'd have not shut the guy's hand as well. Steve Barmer. That's you want to talk about haters. Oh, I'm getting wound up now. Don't promise a guy the earth and then trade him. That's just bad. NBA I'm... franchises, man. Don't don't trust them. It's just they didn't. This is exactly to, the, did this is exactly the opposite like, though. Like all the hate that that Kevin Durant got for his decision, this is the exact reason why he's done it. So he took the power away from a franchise from being able to do that. Not that they necessarily would, but that's a tangent. I'm not going down that road. You've got me worked up, lads. <laughs> right, uh, the Angry Denver Mike. Nuggets. <laughs> They're second in the Western Conference. They have won 31 games this season. They are mightily, mightily impressive. Um, I guess the only really question here is probably, you know, are they a serious threat in the postseason? You, you, what do you what do you think, guys? I mean, they have a, a a very very talented young roster. I saw something on the Ringer earlier on about them possibly being the greatest threat to the to the Warriors if the Warriors stay together. But you know, who, who knows about that one? But like, Jokic is playing out of his skin, and then their roster of supporting cast members is is you know seriously productive. They they are playing incredibly well. I at the start of the season, I've I've cast several shadows of doubt over Jokic and I have just uh, (laughs) egg on my face eat your words (laughs) yeah Um, a top 5 offence a a 11th ranked defence just unbelievable what a transition from last year Um, I kind of feel like it sounds like I'm I'm trying to cover my back and I'm not I kind of feel like they They've underperformed in previous years, so they should have been better than they have been. I don't think they are as better as they appear to be, but they are significantly better. 
if that makes any sense at all. That sounds really fluffy, I know. But um, <laughs> they've they've got a lot of potent options. They're playing really well as a team. And when you've got a guy who has the court vision and he's uh, he, he can run the floor from, from the top of the key like that without having to, to be a guard, it's just, I don't know, it just opens up so many different options for him. Yeah, you see the play between him and Mason Plumley the other week. It's it's just like yeah. guards doing that. It, it, it shouldn't be allowed, but th- they've got such fantastic production from a bunch of young guys. You know, even like Trey Lyles, who's been a cast off throughout his career so far, like comes in and has an impact. But they are they are looking really good. The, the one thing we said about them all last season was in close games. You know, especially against like the Lakers and stuff, they they just couldn't couldn't pull it out of the bag and this season they've done completely the opposite and they've found their go-to guy i mean giving up 50 51 52 points in the first quarter the other week against the warriors was like one thing but it, you know you have to forgive them for for that they're playing against they one still of the greatest teams of themselves they, they did that was a, you know, that was a crazy game but and, and we and i don't know you put some for some points of that game you kind of thought that they'd get back in it but um you know they didn't in the end but they've they've got all the talent to to be you know, a true a true threat. And Gary Harris has been sensational this year. Jamal Murray's been pretty good as well. Gary Harris needs to stop getting injured because he's on my fantasy team. It's <laughs> <laughs> killing me, Gary. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I'm with you. These guys are the biggest surprises for me. I had them outside the playoffs, you know, when we were doing our Whoa. preseason predictions. But they... They're incredible. I, I don't know why I just didn't see what was coming. Probably because I'm terrible at my job. But I think like <laughs> there's the the one thing I will say is that there is definitely a ceiling. Um, I've got a little pop quiz for you guys. I know you love those sorts of things. Um, can you name the two teams that have won a championship one year after not being in the playoffs? Not being in the playoffs. It sounds to me like one of them. No, hold on. Oh, come on. After not being in the playoffs. One year after not being in the playoffs. Yeah, so oh. the previous season they missed the playoffs and the following year they won the championship. Detroit? Detroit is incorrect. Oh, I'm trying to think. The Heat, so with, the heat with Wade with before Bosch and LeBron. They must have made it. They must have made it. Um, it's narrowed Lakers, down the teams Lakers would have been there the Bulls would have been there Houston for the two would have been there the Pistons in the 80s would have been there we're, are we, we're going quite a way back I assume there's one that's reasonably recent and one that's quite old oh, oh, oh. the Dallas Mavericks no, they got, didn't they get knocked out the year before in the first round oh, by the... Yeah. this is not going very well <laughs> no this is I like this kind of I like this kind of thing this is brilliant yeah you love dropping pop quizzes Gold, on us in the Golden middle of a State. show when we're trying to cover 30 teams Golden Go, State Golden State is incorrect oh screw you Hugh uh, Boston Celtics it, it is the indeed the Boston Celtics of 2007 the 2008 Boston Celtics um, and yes uh, the the one that was um, several years ago was the 1977 Portland Trailblazers oh well I've never um, known that one. Oh. Cool. Well, yeah, because they were only like expansion team about a year before. Yeah, and the year. Well, no, it wasn't just that. I, I think the year before Bill Walton was injured, they were they were an incredibly young team, and they and the from year what after. I, from what I can get, yeah, well, he basically had that one good season, and then his legs fell apart. But um, 
I, I, they were also a very young team, and you know he sort of took along. Uh, you, you know, I think they had a, f- a few bits of luck on their side when they were going through the playoffs, and you know everybody needs luck. That's not that's not a, a knock on them. You know they did really well and and won the championship. But for that reason, I don't think Denver this year are going to be sort of you know really making a push to the finals because the playoffs are a different animal and. And all of these guys are incredibly young, and they've never experienced anything like that before, you know. So even but, but though I one I'm a... thing they go on one thing they've got going for them though is the pace slows down and how that how teams can play in a slower set. And this is the the twenty eighth ranked pace in the league. Possibly Which surprises yeah. you because there's always this there's this concept misconception I think that they run you out of the building. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I stand by my th- that Jokic can't run anyone out of a building. Well, that, maybe Jokic is the purely is, is the only yeah, reason they're there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Nicola. Uh, anyway, um, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we'll touch on them quickly. Thirty-three and fourteen. Um, they haven't quite felt like the the best team in the league this year uh, at the moment. But I mean, you put it in perspective. They're still the number one seed, second best net rating in the league. Boogie Cousins has just come back. Looked pretty spectacular the other night in his, his debut against the um the, the Clippers. They're fine. I, I don't I don't want to spend any more time on them. <laughs> well one thing I will say is just from watching these two games with Boogie so far, man, Clay is gonna have a field day because he's such a big body. The the Warriors have never had a big body like uh like Demarcus Cousins. The Clay can just hide behind and shoot open threes all day. It's gonna be so easy for him. But um, yeah, I, As if I it wasn't there. easy enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he was struggling to start the year, but I mean, I I think yeah, there's no there's no issues there. Um, that I don't think they're gonna be in this incarnation. You know, I don't think Boogie's gonna be the next year, I, and I don't think my personal gut is that I don't see I don't, I don't see Draymond being there next season. But you know, I think. Uh, I think we're coming to the end of this sort of incarnation of them, but they're going to be fine for this year. Let's just enjoy it. It's five all-stars on the court at once. Oh, God, it's, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, you, you imagine what it's like sitting in those press conferences and you get one all-star coming in after another and adding Boogie, and we've seen that the, the two games you mentioned, like other teams have previously had to target you know, the offensive boards and winning rebounds as as the the only way of beating that team, and now Boogie's in there. Well, he's just going to grab you know, most, a lot of them, so... That's one of the, the the key ways of beating them been thrown out the window. Um, the Miami Heat, they're 22 and 20, 23. They're seventh in the, the Eastern Conference. They're, they're just, they're always here, aren't they? The, the Miami Heat just hover around. They've got a plethora of talented players. Josh Richardson, just as Winslow, have looked fantastic this year. Dwayne Wade's had his weird moments on his, on his final year. I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak themselves into the playoffs and just give Wade a, a, a fairly decent send-off, but I don't, there's not really much else you can you can say about the Miami Heat, I don't think. It's good coaching for you. Yep, Eric Spolster, you're the man. Um, the Houston Rockets, they are 26 and 20. They're fifth in the, the Western Conference. They've, they seem to have fallen down quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, um, despite the performance of James Harden. But they had a very ropey start to the start of the season, I think it's safe to say. Um, but despite losing Chris Paul, they've, they've worked their way out of that. And James Harden's just been on a historic tear, um, ripping the league, a new one. 
I think is the the phrase. Um, but when healthy, the Rockets, are, you know, they're, they're still as dangerous as I think they ever were. Defensively, they're not. They're, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> so the moves they made in the summer didn't quite help them that way. But we'll be, be interested to see if Daryl Morey makes any moves before the, the trade deadline. But Houston are... You know, they're a team that you either love watching them or you hate watching them, mostly because people hate James Harden. So. I see, hate James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I hate the MVP talk for James Harden because it's like the team aren't winning. It's someone else's fault. The team are winning. It's him. He's amazing. He's, not, he's, <laughs> he's already set the record for most consecutive unassisted field goals, which is a current streak of like 59. That is amazing. Like, which is just which is just basically me myself and I and you know it's just it's ridiculous like and I'm I'm genuinely concerned for the rockets because they have the 27th worst defensive rating in the league i said at the start oh, i wasn't particularly worried yeah i know the poor rockets <laughs> and i wasn't particularly worried about the celtics at the start of the fifth best because defense is a habit it's something that's an effort thing it's it's something that you can do just by trying. Like, and I get that it's not it's not quite as black and white as that. Whereas offense, you've got all of that, and then you've got rhythms as well. So I'm much more comfortable with teams with good off with good defenses and sort of fluttering offensive than I am with teams with bad defenses and good offenses. Because the minute you're out of rhythm, you're getting whooped. And and that's what worries me about this team is that they're going to get their ass handed to them at some point. I'm generally optimistic for the team. Like they, I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. I am no fan of uh, of James Harden and the Houston Rockets, but um, what he's been doing is incredible. And actually, da- we we know Daryl Morey has already started making moves. I think Kenneth Reed, that dude, is going to be useful, especially when Clint Capella comes back, because at the moment. Well, for for the past couple of years, for the the first half of the season, Clint Capella goes off, and then you bring in Nene, and my God, I love Nene, <laughs> but that dude, he can't do what Clint Capella does. Uh, but <laughs> but for for a spate of about fifteen minutes a night, Kenneth Farid can, you know, he's still got that bounce, he's still got that energy. He didn't have the greatest game. The other day in his first game with the with the Rockets, but um, you know I think he's you don't lose as much when Farid comes in instead of instead of Nene, and I think yeah I think that's going to help shore up their bench defense just a little bit, um, and if you know Harden can continue doing what he's doing, they'll be in the playoffs, and then he'll flame out, and they'll flame out, and then we'll have this conversation all over again. <laughs> I, I agree that um, uh, that the Manamon is definitely a, an upgrade on Nene. Uh, that's 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 undeniable. The, the, the shadow of Nene. Yeah, yeah. I just—it's quite a big shadow. Um, <laughs> big old shadow. <laughs> I just Godzilla. Uh, I don't know how effective he is in comparison. He, he he still lacks a lot of length comparison to Capella. Uh, they're really they really need. Capella to get back quickly. So do I, because that's another guy in my fantasy team. And <laughs> there's too many guys going out with like finger and thumb issue issues, and it's just four to six weeks for a thumb. Ah, so frustrating. But he doesn't even need it. Just tape it up and go. It's fine. Yeah, they're 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 an, they're an interesting one. The Houston Rockets. They, I I think it seems like they've taken a, taken a giant step backwards um, this year. 
Um, the Indiana Pacers, they are, well, they're, they're a real treat. Um, they're 31 and 15 at the moment, the third in the Eastern Conference. They kind of burst onto the scene last year. They obviously got knocked out in the playoffs by LeBron right at the, the end of a game seven. Um, but they're no fluke, and they've proved that this year. This team seems legit in every aspect of the game. They're, they're, they're a good defensive unit. Um, they're not too bad offensively. They're sort of middle of the pack, I think the 15th at the moment. Um, but, you know, they are, they're a good team. Miles Turner's been exceptional. Victor Oladipo has proven that he, he is a star. They don't give him the ball enough, um, which is a, which is a problem. And, you know, Sabonis is probably one of the leading candidates, I'd say, for sixth man of the year, if we were to, like, sit here and do rewards. But, yeah, they, 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 they live on their defense, and Mike loves teams who play defense. So I, I think they, they could make some serious noise if they get to, well, well, if, when they get to the playoffs, I should say. They, yeah, they they should. Sabonis is. I can't believe he's not a starter. To be honest, the way he plays, I'm not. I mean, it's working, so I wouldn't say change anything. How well has that trade worked out for both teams? Like genuinely, <laughs> it's yes, rare you very, see that happen, isn't it? Very, very well. I don't think Oladipo's been as good as he was last year. I don't know whether that's because teams are. Well, he hasn't had the ball preparing. Enough, for, maybe, but maybe it's because teams. Are preparing for him now that he's shown what he can do they're, they're changing their scheme slightly to take on that um it's good to see that nate mcmillan has adjusted to modern basketball because he had a <laughs> he used to coach back when it was a bit slower i had serious reservations when he was hired that he could install a team that could keep pace with the rest of the league which is obviously progressively uh quicker and quicker um Defensively, they are solid. Miles Turner's turning himself into a, a a beast on that end of the floor. When I, a lot of people, including myself, would have put him more down as a an offensive unicorn, like on the fringe of those seven foot guys who can do just about anything on offense a, a year or two ago. Um, they're they're a good team, but they are they're not a team that that makes me pop. If that makes sense, they're not a team that I go. Oh, you know, who's playing tonight? It's the Pacers. Let's go watch the Pacers. <laughs> they just don't have that. That quality that I I I yearn for. Maybe they will when they get Mike Conley Jr. You don't think that would work? Have you, have you got beautiful. any sources? <laughs> no, no sources. But I mean, they, it it would be a perfect fit. They need a point guard who can um, run run the floor. Essentially, they like you said, they don't get Victor Oladipo the ball enough. Um, and you know, I think. I think that's by design a little bit. You know, they do have uh, they do have people coming off the bench, and they've got uh, they've got bigs that need to be fed the ball a little bit. Um, and Oladipo could you know could take over the game at any point really. But I think if um, if you ease some of that off him and give Mike Conley Jr. the ball um, to run the offense, I th- I think it could be something special. And and Conley is no slouch on defense either. I think I think he could help them. No, it, it, no, he'd be complimentary. Um, do, you, do you worry how much highs they'd give up though with that backcourt? A little bit, but I think they would make up for it in the uh, in the front court. And you know, I think the 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 defense, the the success of that defense, I think, comes from the system rather than the players. Okay, the um the Los Angeles Clippers, who were a surprise package at the start of the year, they had a red hot start to the season. They've fallen to eighth recently, um, so they're still in the playoff spot, but they're sort of hanging on the the edge at the moment. Um, I, I just think the Clippers for the for the rest of the season just need to keep doing what they're doing. Really, they play good basketball some nights and they play bad basketball others. Um, Tobias Harris has has played like an all star. Whether you'll get in or not, I don't know. Um, 
Montrose Harrell's been been really good for them, but they are they're clear they're clearly just sort of biding their time until the summer and they could go out and try and splash on a on a big free agent. It, curious to see if they make any moves before the trade deadline. I mean, we'll keep you up to date and stuff on on doubleclutch.uk, but like yeah, if they make any moves, it'll purely be just to free up some from more scap from more cap space, I think. I think they've slumped a bit recently. They're they're one and six over the last seven, which is which is not good, um, especially in the competitive West. They they've they ha- they feel like they've had a hot streak that you know it was literally that it's a flash in the pan. I've, at the start of the season, I specifically remember saying they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to have they're going to win some games. They're going to lose a lot of games. They I I I kind of wouldn't have had them in the playoffs I don't think at the start of the season so they're they're obviously outperforming that expectation but I I don't know they just it a few weeks ago on the pod they were were they top in the in the conference yeah they were and it was it was a thing of beauty it's like this is the number 1 seed and they have no legitimate all-star but it's it's just obviously not been sustainable well they will probably fall out of that eighth seed cuz you look at the teams that are, that, that are creeping up behind them I mean the Lakers are there they're without LeBron with LeBron comes back they'll be different the Kings are playing incredibly well there's a Minnesota are loaded with talent like they should be higher than 11th and I know they're in a stacked west but you'd think on paper they were a better roster you know than the Clippers but yeah they they were, they had a red hot start and I think that's just that's all it was flash in the pan moment who knew that we would be desperate to get Danilo Gallinari back onto uh, uh, off injury because <laughs> he is the savior of the season? I think I think when he when he comes back, they they will be a bit better because um, you know he does sort of give them a bit of juice, and I think the 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 lineup that they're going with at the moment with um, I think they're going with like a three guard setup, and they're all they're all like defensive players really well uh, you know not necessarily but I just don't think they've got enough uh, offense on the floor without Gallinari in the regular rotation so I I think that could change I think they could uh, get themselves back up Um, I I can see them being in the playoffs to be honest I'd like to see them as well Um, I think I think Doc Rivers has done a great coaching job this season and yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to see um you know at least one basketball series in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I th- I think that'd be a huge selling point as well. If you make it to the playoffs, it's a big you know statement to a, a prospective free agent signing that you know you you've done it with this roster. Imagine what you'd be like if we actually put together um something different. I think it speaks volumes as to what Jerry West has, has been doing in the background. Um, I think that's that is a big part of it that doesn't get spoken about is Jerry yeah. West's involvement. That guy has the Midas touch. Everywhere he goes, success follows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whether it was be as a player, whether it be as uh, GM of the Lakers, whether it be as as a consultant with Memphis, the Warriors, all those teams have succeeded. Yeah, and now he's doing exactly the same in LA. With <laughs> that must be a difficult thing for a, a lifelong Laker to to then become a Clipper. Um, that. It's it's incredible, considering the roster he's got there as well, huh? Cashing them checks, yeah, 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 and those are big checks, <laughs> novelty size, novelty size checks. Um, speaking of novelty size size checks, there's a franchise here that's probably had plenty of them over the last few years. Um, the Los Wait Angeles Lakers, pun? 
Great segue. <laughs> My <laughs> team, ninth in the Western Conference at the moment. Um, LeBron went down on Christmas Day after the, they played the the Warriors. Well, they, they blew out the Warriors. Um, it's not, <laughs> not, not, not looked good since then. Um, Lonzo's out for a while. That's going to cause problems. He was somebody who was floated around in trade rumors. Um, Carl Kuzma looks like the best player of of the young core at the moment. Brandon Ingram's had stretches, but that seems to be a phrase that we've repeated the last couple of seasons on this podcast. Brandon Ingram has had stretches. Um, yeah, they've, they've not improved much. I mean, without James, they're basically the same team they were last season. I think they're a bit rudderless and it'll, it kind of most of it comes down to the way that the team went out, went about its business um, during the summer. Previous moves made as well. I mean, I've been quite vocal that we should have just stuck with the young guys and and run with it and you know gambling everything on lebron james is, is is all well and well enough but in a competitive west like it is at the moment i think this is proof that you're, you're not really gonna shift the bar and, and get anywhere so the lakers wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs wouldn't be surprised if they missed them at this rate like i said it, if the clippers make the playoffs it'd be really nice to see a playoff series in los angeles <laughs> if the Clippers make the playoffs and the Lakers don't, oh do you god, think, imagine! Uh, <laughs> I actually think, think uh, I actually LeBron think LeBron will have to retract his "I won the finals, therefore I'm the goat" statement. Oh, Possibly, dear. I think I, I uh, honestly think once once LeBron gets back, I think I, I think they're going to be okay. Um, it's well, that dude they, is incredible. He has dragged so many is. teams to the finals and. I just don't see him not being in the playoffs and, uh, until he is he is out. I'm not going to count him out. I think if they made a move and brought in a, you know, a Bradley Beal or somebody like that, then I'd, I'd guarantee they made the playoffs. But I, I this I, is I, just I just can't. This is just LeBron's annual break to get himself ready for the hall. It's now like five <laughs> weeks. Yeah, but no, he did it in Miami. Oh, my back's out. And we got, and he did it in Cleveland. It's like didn't do it last he, year. He does played it. all eighty two last he, year. He did it last year. I'll give you credit there. That's the only time in his career he's played eighty two games. And I don't, and I totally get why he he uh, it... takes a break because he has to carry the load. And the minute he stops carrying the load, the Lakers become a lottery team. But he's in the Western Conference now. Everything is exactly. different. Everything LeBron James has done for his entire career so far has to be taken from a different perspective now that he's in the most competitive conference in basketball. Getting into the Why playoffs is, is going to be hard enough. And then yeah. getting through the first round or getting to the Western Conference Finals, for example, is going to be a nightmare. You're going to be going up against teams every night that have got five guys that can do everything and then you're going to have you know really strong, deep benches. The Western Conference is a different ball game. I think you can't just take a night off in the West, whereas you probably could in the East. You could probably take a couple of nights off in the East and it wouldn't make a difference. Well, you can take weeks off in the East that don't make a difference. You can clearly see here that if you take the same amount of time and a bit Ooh, longer off, wow. you, you're suddenly out of the playoffs. Sorry, Where sorry. Were they East fans. What? It's true. <laughs> it, it is true. Look at the standings. Like it, It's ridiculous. that It's no longer a case where 14 teams in the West could be in the East playoffs. But now you've got, well, look, the ninth seed. So you would be the sixth seed in the East. Without LeBron, well, that speaks to the All Stars be... as well. Like the All Star game coming up, you could probably find all the All Stars in the Western Conference. You know, minus Giannis, maybe and Kawhi. Yeah, but anyway, this is not the point I'm making on this. <laughs> Do we want to? The, open the up point this I was trying to make again. was the the only reason the Lakers have dropped so far is is because it is competitive in the West. I'm agreeing with you there, 
I don't think they'll have an issue making the playoffs. LeBron's going to come back. He's going to absolutely tear it up again. But this is what they now need. They now need him to do it all night, every night. Otherwise, they're effectively the Cavs. And he's not... He's, he's getting older, so I think we're just going to see more of this as we go forwards. Yeah. Well, if he's going to do it, he has to do it with his roster as well. Because Lonzo being down now, I think that rules out any movement trade-wise. Because... I don't think anyone wants to gamble on the likes of Brandon Ingram. Like the stretches that we've said, like is he going to be worth giving up assets, you know, get back and forth to to get somebody? Like Anthony Davis is the guy that keeps floating around, but I just don't see it. And there's more stuff today that he wants to wait until the summer to sort of assess his options and stuff. So maybe he's having second thoughts. Who knows? But the Lakers see, keep trying to hit the, the whole. I don't see why Lonzo being injured is going to put teams off. Well, because he was one of the guys who was floating around as being part of a deal. So why can't he still be part of the deal? It just means that they can't... <laughs> well, why? Because if you're if you're trading an asset for someone like Lonzo, you're not in win-now mode. Well, no, but if the Pelicans still seem to think they have a chance of making the playoffs, because they've been ringing around the league trying to see if they can make any moves at the moment to strengthen their roster around Davis. Well, they well they need to. We'll get onto them. <laughs> but I just I don't. If if a team's keen on Lonzo, it's not for something this season. So why not take that gamble no. anyway? No, fair point. <laughs> Boom. Uh, right. Moving on to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. They are nineteen and twenty-eight, fourteenth in the Western Conference. Um, they've lost seventeen of the last twenty games. As Hugh mentioned earlier, Mike Conley and uh, Mark Gasol are now publicly been made available um, for trade, which is something that the team has, has kind of not wanted to do the last few seasons. But this team's inconsistent and, and not great. I don't really know what much else there is to say about the um, JB Bickerstaff-led um, Grizzlies. And it all started so well for them. Yeah, it did. I, it did. Well. I, re- I remember writing this article like right at the start of the season, and boy, that looks old now. Um, <laughs> But they did you come out of the gates. You plugged it before MLK, didn't you? I what? Didn't you replug it, like retweet about it, about <laughs> when, they, when they were on TV this week? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, got to get them clicks. But, um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's a it's a real shame because I think uh, I think they both of those guys do still have a bit to give. But when your two best players are... are you know, really old, and then your third best player is 19. Um, you know, I think there's a bit of a disparity there, and it might be that you need to rethink what you're doing with your roster. Um, because they, they've got... Yeah, it's just... it's just a, I'm just really sad about it, because I, I really want the best for Gasol and Conley, um, you know, and it, it would have been really nice to see them riding off together in their, uh, at the end of their career. You know, having having made a bunch of different playoffs and maybe maybe even have sneaked out a title, but I think those days are, are well and truly gone in uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, uniforms now. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's a really it's a really sad state of affairs. It's it's a great example of the struggles small franchises face because it, they they have no way of attracting marquee free agents really how dare um, you say everything. that about Chandler uh, Parsons <laughs> get me started on Chandler Parsons he was my I think he was my chump of the year two years ago and then he was my is he still in the league this year um, is, is he on your fantasy team as well definitely not definitely not not unless it was um they 
class uh, Instagram clicks as a uh, <laughs> as a stat cat. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I I just I I feel really sorry for them because they 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 built a team the right way. They refused to to tank and blow it up. They tried to push every way possible to. Um, to, to, to keep the team competitive, even though it meant trading for a diminishing return, and and this is where they find themselves. It's it it's it's unfortunate, but it seems to be um, what happens if you if you play not by the rules, but in the spirit of the rules. If that makes sense, yeah, that no, makes sense. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently eleventh in the Western Conference. They've had a bit of a topsy turvy season. I mean, I think they went from what championship contention. At some point last year, to uh, to blow up in the locker room again this summer, and Jimmy Butler's now gone. There's there's been a lot of change there, and I don't think we've still quite seen the best of Carl Anthony Towns and, and Andrew Wiggins. Although Andrew Wiggins recently has looked a lot more aggressive, um, which which is which is a bonus. But yeah, the the Minnesota Timberwolves have had a bit of a rough ride this year. Yeah, but until Andrew Wiggins makes an off-ball cut, I'm not watching them. <laughs> Right. Where's Joe? They, they need to, they they need to have more sets where the the wings are moving. I, I I know that Joe shared something the other day. Shout out to Joe um, about uh, how passive Wiggins was, and I think he was challenging the the suggestion. But on a lot of the highlights, and I get that maybe you know maybe it's not his fault. As in the players go and stand over there and. Uh, nonchalantly walk round to the top of the key. Maybe that was the play that was drawn up, but it's just come on, man. <laughs> I, uh... you, you nailed it. Move off the ball. Open <laughs> something up. You've got skills. This is a guy that we thought was going to be uh, a two-way all-star. This was a guy who could have been like Jimmy Butler, but better. And I mean, fingers no. crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, you know. Um... Oh God! Why am I blanking? Why am I blanking on the new coach's name? What's his name? Ryan Saunders. Ryan, Ryan Saunders. F- fingers crossed. You know they give him a good run, and it, it looks like the team likes him. So I'm hoping that he can, you know, a- at least get above 500 with his remaining games. Whether or not that means during the playoffs, I don't. I don't really care. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I just like to see them get some stability. Because they're another, they're another franchise with just terrible ownership problems, and yeah, I know, I know, a lot of coaches have been fired from that place, blaming the ownership. But maybe that's a theme. Maybe there is something there. If a lot of coaches are coming away, and you know they're not happy with the ownership, or they suggest that there's some better ownership setups elsewhere. Maybe, maybe there is a ring of truth to it. Yeah, so it's, it's it's just been a series of problems for the Timberwolves, you know, office for a, a long while. Even going back to to Kevin Garnett, like you could never quite push them over the hump. And you know, it's the same with Memphis. People don't want to live in Minnesota. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, I distinctly um, remember uh, Stephon Marbury <laughs> in in like the world's thickest, you know, a starter jacket in the nineties, just like. Wait, this this is what it's like this time of year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Welcome to to snow. Well, people were saying that about Toronto, weren't they? But now Toronto has become yeah. like this cultural phenomenon place where you know there's all these fantastic clubs and Drakes there and all. This, you know, there's there's actually a vibe and. But a, still, a real what thing free to... agents are they attracting? Well, nobody, but. 
<laughs> well, nobody, but we'll, we will see. You know, they, they, Toronto is still more of a livable place than Minnesota, I think. Um, yes. Yes. The Milwaukee Bucks, they are second in the, the NBA's Eastern Conference. Um, I don't think even the Bucks probably expected them to be playing this well under their um, their new head coach, Mike Budenholzer. I did the preview for these guys in our guide at the start of the season, and I said that they were going to shoot the three a lot and probably make the three a lot, and they have been a three-point machine. They are a scary offense. They, 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 they remind me of a Death Star. Um, hopefully they don't have a small thermal exhaust point that's only three meters wide. Um, but <laughs> basically... Giannis is the MVP. Uh, Brooke Lopez is is just so lovable and so unbelievable. Great to watch. There's a there's a whole cast of characters here that you just can't get enough of. Eric Bledsoe is playing the best defense of his career. Mike Budenholzer came out the other night and said that he has more faith in him than any other player he's had throughout his entire career in terms of you know getting a stop on the defensive end, which says a lot to how well Eric Bledsoe has been playing. Um, and some of the players that you know you think Mike Budenholzer had the privilege of coaching. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really impressed with the, the Milwaukee Bucks and they, they're they serious. And it was nice to see them on MLK at 7 o'clock or whatever it was on Monday. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think the uh, I think the, the three-metre-wide A event is, is usually uh, the distance by how... Uh, but it is usually how much um, Yanis misses three-pointers by, is it? Is that what the... <laughs> Like... Thermal, exhaust, thermal exhaust point. I think I might have got that bit wrong, but oh well. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, anyway, like I no, I I've actually seen some highlights where he's hit three pointers, and I was watching uh, some of that game against. Uh, I think it was against Dallas. Yeah, it was. It was MLK Day. I'm watching some of the highlights on that, and I thought, wow, he's he can he is actually still taking them, and that's the most important thing is that. You know, you he's keeping he's keeping the defenses honest. So you know, if he's if he's going to the rim every time, they they know what to do. They're just going to collapse on him every time. And uh, yeah, he'll sometimes sneak a pass out to an open shooter. But you know, I think the fact that he does at least attempt them, and sometimes they go in. You know, that's that's got to keep happening. And the fact that he's still doing it, that is partly the reason why he's just sneaking ahead in the MVP race for me well Budenholz has just preached shooting like since they first started in the off season like they were in camp shooting threes all the time everybody was shooting threes you know and and Giannis I think averages about two a game which which is not a lot but at least he's still getting that that experience I think it's down from the last couple of years in terms of like how many he's actually averaged a game but yeah, they've been they've been monumentally good on um, on the offensive end this season. It'd be interesting to see what they're like when they get to um, get to the playoffs. But like Mike says, they've, they've got the best defense in the league, so they'll be fine. Yeah, they, I, have, I haven't Hugh, checked. Who, who, what... who, who, go on. Who, who are you? You're saying he's just sneaking ahead in the MVP. Who are you? <laughs> I don't cause a fight. Just sneaking him ahead of. Have you got the bleep button? Yeah, don't already? even go there. This is a guy who plays two sides of the ball. Guys, we're running along as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got the best defensive rating in the league. They've got the third best offensive rating in the league. They're smashing the net rating by it 3.1 yeah, yeah. better than their nearest rival, which is the Warriors. There's no Bud selfish player just, on this team. Yeah, but Bud is just just he he has taken um Mike's special juice from super uh, from Space Jam and, and just these guys have just gone crazy. 
It's just, <laughs> it's so good to see. Like, I, there was a really good article earlier in the year about, it was, it was, um, the headline was around the the value of the four point shot, or, and you know, in, in air quotes, and it's the idea of not an actual four point line, but being able to spread the floor to a degree where a defense is just stretched to the limit, and you can attack the seams. And the the Bucks have a, a, a these markings on their court, which essentially you got your two corner threes, which so you pull it across the baseline as much, and you've got two really high uh, elbow extended threes, and then you've got Yanis at the top just just ready to rip you apart and and they've got the right personnel to do that they're not they're not the deepest of teams by a long stretch but they've got a coach who is able to maximize every single player's strengths and it's just this this team are a joy to watch um except when they wear that disgusting yellow kit oh god that is horrible oh it's horrible that likes it Two of the yeah, two so. of the lads I work with were like, "Oh, we saw some of the basketball or netball, as they like to call it, um, dickheads." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, were, they were basically like, "Oh, that was on Sky on Monday night." I was like, "Yeah, which game did you watch?" And they said, "Oh, they had the yellow jerseys on. They're horrible." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they are horrible." Um, so I agree on them, but yeah, no, it speaks volumes as to you know how good a coach Mike Budenholz has been. I mean, he won sixty games with the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago, and you go back and look at that roster, like that had. The standout players were, were probably like Damari Carroll and Kyle Corver and Paul Millsap, but like and Al John, Horford and Al Horford, but like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Eric Bledsoe are arguably more talented than most of that roster was. So the fact that he's now got players who can go out and then go out and then win them games um, is, is going to be massive, especially in the playoffs. But we'll have to see if they can overcome their traditional hurdle, which in the last few seasons seems to have been the Boston Celtics. Um, Moving on, the New Orleans Pelicans, they're 12th in the Western Conference. We mentioned them briefly earlier on as they uh, they kind of wanted to build or make moves to sort of keep Anthony Davis with them. He's obviously eligible for a Supermax contract extension at the end of the, uh, end of the season, um, but they're below 500 at the moment. They, they, they look really up and down. Yeah, and now that Davis has gone down, they're going to look even down and down. They're just... <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm really worried and... Uh, I love talking about fantasy league today. Clearly, one brother has AD, and I just texted him this morning, like saying "ouch," because um, he's going to be out for four to six weeks, or is it two to four weeks? But if he's out and they slide, this could be another season that the Pelicans lose. Because what is the value of bringing him back when it's, it, they're not going to make the playoffs? They need to stay competitive, and who have they got to keep them competitive? No one who's going to be putting up like 30 and 12. No, you're relying on Julius Randle, but that's not going to happen. Nikola Mirotic has had a... Well, this is this is traditional Nikola Mirotic. He tends to have a slump. He'll have a great period and then just completely fall off a cliff. And that's what he's done this season. Defensively, they're terrible. Um, but yeah, no, they'd rely on Julius Randle or Drew Holiday to, to win them games and it, it won't happen. I mean, maybe it's just time to start looking on the bright side with these guys because, like, you know, things have been have been so dark for so long. I I think you know the the Seattle Pelicans are probably going to have a pretty good draft pick in the next few years. <laughs> it's but it's, that franchise then that GM get get sack sack the GM. I don't think it's Al Gentry necessarily, and I thought it was for a while because he's he is managing to. Well, I say he's managing to. He's got. Drew Holiday is is a all star caliber point guard, and so they've got two guys who are you've got an all star and an MVP caliber player, and you're still not making the playoffs. 
Yeah. Really. And the fact that their defense is 24th ranked in the league is embarrassing when you consider that most people put Anthony Davis in one of the top defensive brackets, could be a defensive player of the year. If you're a defensive player of the year, you should be better than 24th. Even though it is a team sport, you can have a big enough impact. The, 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 the gravitas that that guy has on a court, he should have a bigger impact, I think. Yeah. Um, moving on. Oh, our favorite team, guys, the New York Knicks. <laughs> uh, 14th in the Eastern Conference. The, the Knicks don't tend to like to use the word tanking in their press releases. Um, they actually prefer the word development, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, Kevin Knox. They've been developing for years. They've been years. developing for a while now, since 2012 at least. Um, <laughs> Kevin Knox is playing pretty well. Um, Noah Vonne looked good. They looked okay for, for spells at London last week. Um, David Fisdale's a cool dude. I like him. But yeah, that's about it. Then the Knicks. Yeah. They're the Knicks. Oh, that, that was nice. That was nice. That was smooth. Right. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, third in the Western Conference. A team that has, I think it's safe to say, exceeded expectations this year. Um, mainly because Russell Westbrook has finally figured out that giving the ball to Paul George, who is a more talented player, is a better idea. Um, so Paul George has been the main scoring option for them. He's having a career season. He's been phenomenal. I saw one of the shooting stat um, charts that was on Twitter the other night, and he's just... He's been fire from, from everywhere on the floor. Um, I think the only thing holding this team back is they probably need to find some more perimeter shooters. If they could add a couple of them at the trade deadline, the Warriors should probably start panicking because Russ and, and Paul George at the moment are, are serious business. And Stephen Adams, Aquaman. <laughs> you know I love me some Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Adams is a legend. Um, Russell Westbrook. Did you see the beef commercial? Just... No, I haven't. Uh, yeah. I'll send it after the show. <laughs> uh, I'll have to check that out. Um, uh, completely lost the trail of thought. Sorry. Russell Westbrook. Uh, yeah, you, you said he's not the main scoring option now. Is that is that is that a conscious decision he's made or just a result of his terrible, terrible shooting? shooting? Yeah. Like, is it, I, I worry because he had knee surgery before the season started. He then injured his ankle very early on and sat I want to say sort of seven, eight games. Is he, A, is he healthy? B, if he is, and this is what he's doing, are we seeing the rapid decline, um, something that Joe preaches as well, the rapid decline of a guy who relies too heavily or has relied too heavily on his Sheer athleticism, yeah. Because this, this is a huge drop-off. Shout out it, it, to... It's just ridiculous. Shout out to Jason Concepcion and um, and Isaac Lee. He's washed. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I I think no, he's I'm, not. No, he, no, he's not. He's he's still got. He, he's actually playing defense this year, which might result in a bit of a drop in him. Uh, that whole team in, in is his, playing defense. His offensive, yeah, and uh, he hasn't done that for about six years, from what I can remember. So, um, I think he's actually, uh, you know, wasting a bit more energy. Well, I say wasting; he's spending a bit more energy on that end of the floor. So, that's causing him to be a bit more tired. But not just that; I think, uh, like that, that's you know, his shooting is is an issue. But for me, this Oklahoma City team is what the team should have been last year. They ended up sort of, you know, they, they were, they considered themselves lucky by getting an opportunity to add Mello, but I think 
that was always the mistake. The plan was to get Paul George in there, um, and then it was just sort of like, ah, uh, also mellow. But that was where it all went wrong for for those guys last season. But I think this year, this is what the team was supposed to be. They've also had some, you know, development of younger guys. And um, I mean, I, I still haven't seen Patrick Patterson. Uh, I don't know if he's still alive. If someone could check on that guy, but um, but. The I think the rest of the team, and I tell you what, I was um, always really high on uh, Schroeder joining the team, and I, I'm so glad I was proven right with that because he basically can come in and pick up exactly where Russell left off. He's the same type of point guard. He's not as big, he's not as strong, and he's not as talented. But it's the same sort of thing as I was talking about with Fareed and Clint Capella earlier. They have the same style. There's a difference in talent level, but they have the same style. So the whole team can sort of just keep on running the same stuff that they've been running. Um, and that's a stark difference to some other teams. Yeah, we'll get onto them a bit later, but it's, it's a stark difference to some other teams that I think may not necessarily be getting um, to the top half of the of the playoff seedings, which I think is where Oklahoma City is headed. I love that we're saying a bit later, an hour and a half into a podcast. I know. We're, guys, we're, we're so going tired. on for a record here. <laughs> we're going on for a record time here, guys. This is impressive. It's because of London, man. We, we probably should split this. Oh, well. <laughs> um, the Orlando Magic, they're 11th in the Eastern Conference. They've won 20 games this season, lost 27. Um, they're in the midst of probably another forgettable season, I think. Um, but shout out Orlando Magic UK fans on Twitter because they, they, they yeah. pick it up every night. Um, they've been they an do. They, they really do. Um, Mo Bamba's looked to be the project we thought he was going to be. He's a, a, a way away from being here. <laughs> see i i think they should have I, oh I had wait this hold on are we, are we actually going to talk about the orlando magic i thought we were just going to shout out the orlando magic uk guys and then just leave it there <laughs> <laughs> we can do that yeah shout out to, to Geraint and, and mikey they're nice dudes uh had a beer with them at, at the london game so we ended up talking talking about the magic unsurprisingly um <laughs> They're, they're still keen for Vucevic to be the MV, uh, MVP. To be MVP. The, they probably are uh, to be an All Star. Um, I'm still keen for the Magic to sell high on him and and get ready to go because find a point they're going to end up overpaying him. Yeah, finding a point guard would probably help at some point as well. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe. If, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Who knows? Um, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, a very interesting team. 31-17 at the moment, fourth, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Some nights they look terrible, other nights they look like they could be the best team in the Eastern Conference by quite some margin. Um, the worrying thing for them is, despite the fact they've had a pretty lucky run of health, Embiid and, and Simmons and everybody's been playing, Jimmy Butler's come in, had a good impact for them, despite messing up the locker room, but that's just Jimmy. Um Jimmy's going to gym. The rest of their season's worrying. Uh, the, the next slight series of games, I think they've, well, they have. They've got the Pacers, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Warriors. Don't worry about the Lakers. Warriors, Kings, <laughs> Raptors, Nuggets again, Lakers again, and Celtics all in the next month or so. Um, yeah, that's, that's brutal. That is brutal, man. I mean, I know the Utah Jazz had the toughest schedule at the start of the season, but that, that period there is ridiculous. That's yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So good luck with that, um, Philly. Uh, we'll, a bit Ben Simmons better find a jump shot. That would help. 
the the good news is only four of those games are on the road. Three of those games against competition are on the road. They're yeah, they're the pretty Lakers pretty the good. They're pretty good. At assuming home. the Lakers don't have LeBron back. Yeah, and they won't have because that's next week. No. Yeah, these but, are the next the next three or four weeks. I think um, that's a but, tough run. But this is what's going to test their metal as to to how far they can go in the playoffs, I guess, and whether this this oh, I hate to use big three because I don't feel like they're that <laughs> level of player. But this is what these this will determine the level of success they can have under this three pronged offense. We'll call it. But I want to pro- ask you but, guys if you're still in love with Ben Simmons, but that's probably going to carry on for too long. So we'll ask that next time. I- <laughs> I, I never really have been in love with Ben Simmons, but going back to that big three thing, um, and again, this is probably something that I'm stealing off. I think it's uh, the Daily Ding um, podcast, <laughs> which Wait, is you a fantastic a lot of podcast. I, I do. I listen to too many, but it's a it's a really good podcast. That that's uh, the, one of the ones that Dave DeFore and Zach Harper uh, do. Um, it's really good stuff. But they, um, I, I think it was Dave DeFore who was saying the other day. Um, compare the top four players right or or rank the top four players um on each of the top four eastern conference teams compare so so who's the best player um in a in a series between boston and philadelphia it's probably kyrie is the best player but then the next three players are are probably probably 76ers then go to toronto (laughs) and uh and you've got the top player, that's Kawhi. Then the next three players, probably sixes. Yeah. And then and then go to Milwaukee. Um, you know, you got Giannis. And then the next three players, probably sixes. So I think it's a fair argument that they haven't got much depth. I think that's something they need to sort of figure out in the next few days. Uh, but I think they do have they do have a big three. They have a big earth three. <laughs> Uh, compare them to a team like the Warriors who have a big three they've got an all-star team bigger they haven't got a big three (laughs) you can't compare anyone else they've got Spencer Dinwiddie then (laughs) they they could be the Western Conference all-star team we don't need to have anyone pick one Golden State is an anomaly you know even even in the past in the past like 60 years right you wouldn't have five players who could start an all-star team did the Celtics really, have all, five All Stars on one court at once in the eighties? Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Super teams are not new; they happen. Get over it, people. <laughs> no, no, I know. I've, I've, I've got no problem with it. But my point is, is that I don't think, like, you, you know, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't go around thinking, oh, every, every team needs five All Stars because they don't. Because no, I champ- don't think that. Yeah. I'm just reluctant to use the term "big three on a trio which have quite significant flaws to various aspects of their game. This sounds like an article. Oh God, I don't, I don't like doing just, back and just, forth. Just putting this out there. It sounds you. like an article. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah, we won't be on these guys long. Sorry, Ross. Um, 15 from the Western Conference. All I can say is DeAndre Jordan's look pretty good. You p- probably should have picked Luke. DeAndre like, Jordan? Uh, not DeAndre Who's Jordan. DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton, sorry. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton's look pretty good. It's they, a long pod, mate. It's a it's long pod. It's a long pod, pod. yeah. <laughs> it's like a rudderless ship at the moment. Um, they, they probably should have picked Luka Doncic. Um, Devin Booker's really good. We knew that already. Probably shouldn't be trying to fight people who he shouldn't be fighting. Josh Jackson's terrible. 
Um, the Kelly Oubre deal is it was an interesting trade. It's just basically a rental for them, I think, to see what he's like and whether or not they want to keep him on. Um, but yeah, they suck. Yeah, start of the season, incremental improvements. They still suck. <laughs> uh, okay, the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Mike's Portland Trailblazers. Don't know why they're called Mike's Portland Trailblazers. I, I don't know just, why they're called Mike's we Portland just do. Trailblazers. Um, you guys have like I I try and remain neutral as yeah neutral and unbiased as possible. Yeah, to the point where I should have really don't even watch the Trailblazers anymore now <laughs> for just like I've just overcompensated so much I can't remember the last Trailblazers game I watched well these guys are fourth in the Western Conference at the moment they're 29 and 28 they are a solid basketball team in every sense of the word um they're pretty much the same basketball team they were last season um they they, they did a, they went for a period spell last year where they decided to rotate McCollum and Lillard They've started doing that again this season. After not doing that, they just went with the bench, but they've 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 changed their mind again. Um, they're middling on offense and defense. Like they they could try and make a move. Maybe Mello is someone that people have shouted out recently, but at the end of the day, that's not going to push you over the edge. Um, Portland, so, they're just stuck. Portland, it's, it's really it's sad because I love them. It, they're they've they're in the same situation they've been in for three years now. Number one in attendance as well. Cool. Yeah, it's Portland. They've only got the Timbers to go and watch. I know they've got a. Uh, have they got a base? They've got a baseball team now. No idea. I can't remember. What's baseball? Um, yeah. Port- Portland people love their basketball because you know the weather's not great in the winter. They get inside. <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's the nah, same as Seattle. To be fair, like it's those, it's those, it's that top corner of the country. There's just nothing yeah. else to do for miles and miles. Let's go watch some basketball. Maybe that maybe yeah. that's what we need to do in this country. We need to take the football stadiums out of Manchester and Liverpool and places like that and put in arenas. Uh, what, what, I approve okay, this message. Go, going too far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm confused. So what you're suggesting is because it's cold and dark out- and the weather's crap over here, like Seattle and like Portland, we should be going towards indoor sports like basketball. All right. Yeah, we would do that, but the badminton people have already booked the court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, we've got oh, badminton man. in. Oh, that's amazing. Um, right, the Sacramento Kings, 10 for the Western Conference, 24 and 24. Perfectly even, uh, perfectly balanced, I think, as Thanos would say in every way. Darren Fox has turned into a star, man. He's 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 a very, very good basketball player. Buddy Heald's not too far behind. Um, they're a really, really good team. Uh, they are impressive. They run people off the court. And when Buddy Hill's making threes from all over the place, that they're, they're they're deadly, and it's nice to see that Vladi Divac, who's taken a lot of stick over the last few years, has made some good decisions recently, and um, yeah, it's helped them for the better at the moment. It's just Absolutely. a shame that he's that he's you know pretty much past his prime now. I think last I heard he was thirty four or something. <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I don't even know where to go with that. Um, I really I like what they do. Pre- they, they, they're winning games in the clutch, which is you know the jump that traditionally bad teams have to make to become competitive. And they're six and ten in clutch games this season, so that that's made a massive difference. But imagine how good this team would have been if they had Luca on it as well. Oh man! So yeah. I, I need to backtrack on this one because in the preseason I said Sacramento are going to Sacramento basically, and. Uh, but but one of the key things I stressed was that they needed to to get some pace, and that doesn't necessarily create wins, but it would for this team who I think were like were they like twenty eighth last year in pace. I can't remember exactly. Um, 
but now they're they're second. So they've really they've just they've just allowed Fox and Co to turn on the Jets, and they're a fun team to watch. Finally, Sacramento have something to shout about, and yet they still manage to make it controversial by having a coach that doesn't want to be there. Yeah, it's just. In fact, they were 30th on pace last year, so that's, that is just a, a, an absolutely huge turnaround. But they're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. No, that's the thing. Not not only does it does pace make you, you know, it keeps you in games, but actually it it creates an entertaining game as well. And and let's be honest, you know, Sacramento is a is a pretty good city in terms of its fandom. Um, you know, it's it's so nice to be able. You, you know, when when in big games you can hear the cowbells going on in the background of the of the feeds, uh, the live streams and stuff. And it's I don't know. It's it's not, it's nice to see good basketball being played there. Um, how long it'll last? How how far they'll get? Who knows? But it's good. My my worry is this is a flash in the pan. Yeah. I, I, I just I just. Based on on historical performance, it's just I I I'm edging with this cannot last. Something is going to go wrong. Okay, the San Antonio Spurs. Hugh's been waiting nearly two Let's hours. Let's do it. Yeah, the, the, they're sixth place in the Western Conference. They're led by Demar Derozan, who looks rejuvenated under Greg Popovich. Lamarcus Aldridge is having an All Star season. Um, yeah, what have you got? I mean, they're your team. The thing that's amazing me is that they they essentially play two different styles. So they have um, so they have the the two guys, Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge, where they run everything through through the middle, uh, which is what they're renowned for. That's their that's their games. But then they bring on these bench players, and you got Bryn Forbes, Patty Mills, and you got uh, what's his name? The um, oh god damn it. Why? Why am I? Why am I forgetting all these names tonight? Um, the, the Italian, <laughs> Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> the Italian, uh, <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Marco Bellinelli. He's um. So they come on and they they just they just fire up threes. They're still not shooting it, shooting the three ball at this amazing pace. But um, when I when we were um officially like halfway through the season, I was looking at some stats and we. We'd played 42 games, and in the games where we had outshot our opponents in terms of, um, you know, shooting from behind the, the arc. So when we had shot more three-pointers than our opponents, we were four and four um, in terms of win, wins and losses. But when we hadn't, when we'd shot fewer three-pointers than the team we were playing, we we were something like... We had a... A, a, something like a 700 uh winning percentage um it was incredible <laughs> that it doesn't matter what kind of it doesn't matter that we're not shooting threes everybody's been saying the math won't add up you need to shoot more threes but that's not the case at all and it just goes to show that greg popovich should never be doubted pop, pop should never be doubted um had the chance to speak to spurs legend bruce bowen last week oh me um, too that was amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was. Um, so I, I think I think it was you actually who suggested asking him about this. I think it, I had a list of a few questions. One of them was to do with how long they can keep the Spurs going on for. Because you know this is this has been the staple of consistency in terms of excellence for the last twenty odd years, and you know 
Timmy's gone, Manu's gone, Tony's looking horrific in a Charlotte jersey. It makes me cringe at the thought of it. No no one's left from the championship era, essentially, really, apart from Patty Mills. Oh, and Bellinelli's back, I guess, so him as well. You can have him as well. But And, you know, what, what Pops has been through, the age he's getting to, the things he's saying about the Olympics, at what point is this team going to be done? And it's not now. Because they they seem to be able to flex whenever we think we keep expecting them to drop off, and yeah, they're not quite where they need to be. But we, no one would have put them in sixth at the start of the season unless you were Hugh, in which case you probably put them in fourth. But I, actually, no, um, I didn't. I I was really concerned at the start of the season. Like before all the all the injuries to the guards, I thought, oh, we we could stand a chance at being top four, maybe. But I but when when we lost uh, Dejounte Murray for for. The, basically the whole season well th- that being said I, I saw some footage of him um at a spurs training uh session the other day um he was just on the on an exercise bike on the side but i thought that's that's good news um and uh we also lost lonnie walker although he hasn't played loads yet but he he went down for a, a few games and it was the same with Derek White he went down for a few games and and we and Bryn Forbes had to basically run point the entire game and I think like I was just well we're not making the playoffs it's clear it's clearly not going to happen we can't rely on two mid-range shooters to to get us through the entire season but somehow some way Greg Popovich has just worked his magic again now I, I know there are also some reports as well that Maybe it's his last season in San Antonio. Maybe it is, um, but I think, I think he's going to leave it in a in a decent enough position where, whoever it is, whether it's longtime assistant to Tori Messina or um, Becky Hammond taking over, I I think they're going to be in a position where they can keep things going, at a forty five to fifty win pace for the next few seasons. If you were trying to compare them to a you know a Premier League team, for example, you'd probably put them up with someone like Arsenal. They're just like consistently there. You know, they may not win everything all the time, and you know they may have their ups and downs, but they're like a model of of success. And certainly in the two thousands, like Arsenal were, but they, they might not be now. But Emery's changing that. Anyway, that's a different sport. But Pop's doing. Yeah, you've lost me. Pop's doing the similar. Thing. Yeah, we know you haven't watched football since John Barnes was playing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the the Spurs are are mightily impressive. I just uh, imagine how good LeBron James could have been with a Popovich coach team. It would have been scary. The Toronto Raptors, number one in the Eastern Conference, thirty six and thirteen. Hashtag We the North are flying. Uh, their ceiling's higher than ever. Despite the fact Carl Lowry's had a bit of a scoring dip, the bench is not great at the moment. Um, they have all kinds of injury problems, but Danny Green's been a better fit than I think anybody could have ever possibly hoped for. Pascal Siakam's just been amazing. Um, won the game the other night against the Suns, which was which was class. Kawhi actually smiled as well, which was weird. Um, but yeah, no, the, Kawhi's obviously had some bits and bobs with his quad injury, but that was to be expected. But the Raptors are are very good. There's not much left to say at the the end of this. Yeah, I agree. They're they're very very good. Um, every year I go on a rant about how they can't get things done in the playoffs. Ah, you got another couple of months until you do that rant again. No, I don't think I'm going to do it this year. You know? Oh, <laughs> I, I I my expectations of this team are not to to suffer the way they did last year. Don't f it up. <laughs> Basically, I I think you know they've got a new identity now, new coach, um, new star player. 
two guys on that roster who have been all the way and won rings with San Antonio. They should be able to get over that mental hump. I'm not saying they're going to go and win the finals. I'm just not expecting this this massive flame out that we've had every year, every time they've met LeBron. And I know LeBron's not there as well, which is half the issue. But this this is their chance, really. They, they, I don't think there's going to be a better chance than the, than this year for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the Utah Jazz, they are 7th in the Western Conference. They're 26-22 at the moment. They've had a bounce back as of late. Well, I'm going to take credit ever since I wrote my article about... Um, Donovan Mitchell not being efficient enough. Um, they've been they've been fighting their arse off, um, and yeah, they still lack the the, the extra offensive firepower um, that the team needs to really push them over the edge. But their their toughest part of the season is over um, now that they're, they're easier schedule turns up, and they've got quite a lot of home games as well, which is going to be a bonus. Um, but yeah, the Jazz are doing the Jazz thing. Don't be surprised if they sneak their way. Right up into a you know a decent playoff spot and uh, yeah start grinding people down after the All Star break, which is what they always do. Yeah, I agree. I, I I'm with you on the uh, on the schedule thing. They, I think I think technically they might have had one of the more difficult schedules in the first half of the season, um, but you know they've got play they've got teams like the Timberwolves twice in the next few games, the Hawks, the Suns. You know these are all nice games to be able to be playing when you're going. <laughs> go, go, going into an all-star break and look into the second half of the season and what you need and that sort of thing. I I think they're going to be fine. Um I am a little disappointed in them on the whole. I thought they were going to be I I thought they could have made a push for the second seed overall in the Western Conference. I don't think they I don't think they're going to get there, but you know, maybe I was just a, a little preemptive because I think they are going to be a challenger for the next few years, but maybe not this season. Yeah, they started slowly on defense. Remember, about twenty games in, they were still ranked sort of they were ranked in the twenties for defense, and this is one of the the league's best defenses for the past three years or so. They've now managed to shore that back up and have a they've got a defensive rating where they're fourth in the league essentially, and it's just it's it's their offense really. I said earlier I don't worry too much about teams that can play defense. because usually there is, there is players there that can get offense going, and it's a rhythm thing. This is the one team where I genuinely worry that they haven't got enough offensive firepower. As you said, Matt, they just there's they just don't have enough guys who can put the ball in the hoop, which is just it's just nuts in this league. Yeah, and I I genuinely think they'd struggle to go out and, and secure anybody as well because the guys you're giving up are, are not necessarily gonna be worth that much I mean Grayson Allen's a rookie he's played okay when he's come in this season but Ricky Rubio has been injured for some of this year Kyle Corver was great for you know since he's been in but he how old's Kyle now like he's, he's been in the league for if 15 you're relying on Kyle Corver I know he's been in the league for 15 years for God's sake but like when it comes to the playoffs and it's it's a bit more slower they they should be okay but I I have this feeling that everyone will just cotton on to Donovan Mitchell um, they've done it for most of the regular season so far, and that's one of the reasons that I've mentioned that his, his efficiency was was way below what you'd expect from a guy who's classed as a superstar on a team. But um, yeah, they've got a long way to go. I think they they could try and make some moves, but I, you know, people don't tend to want to go to Utah either. So it's another bring problem. me um, Mello. Yeah, Mello's a name that's floated up there, but you know, what does, to be what fair, that's bring? one of the few teams that are that good enough defensively. They, they, they can, can make sacrifice. up for him. <laughs> yeah, they can. I, don't know, I think he could still ruin them. Would be... 
Well, yeah, you'd have a good try, <laughs> wouldn't he? Speaking of ruined, yeah. Speaking of ruined, the Washington Wizards, twentieth, um, twentieth, uh, twenty wins and twenty-six losses. They're ninth in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, won in London last week. Um, this season couldn't have gone much worse for the Wizards. I mean, they're a team that has from a roster perspective, has an exceptional amount of talent, especially in the Eastern Conference, and they have done for the last three or four seasons. And every time me and Joe Holbert have done our preseason pods and taught them up, they've gone and smacked us over the head with a cricket bat. Um, they've done the same again this year. Like, you know, John Wall is is out. Bradley Beal's taken over. But at the end of the day, this team is is a big cooking pot and it's just a mess. Like, no, none of the ingredients go together. You say that, John Wall isn't there. And let's take a look at the past, oh, I don't know, 10 games. We've got beating the Pistons, beating the Knicks, just about, admittedly, losing by just two, <laughs> but, losing by just two points to the Raptors. Yeah, that was the fair Bucks. enough. I watched that one. They beat the Bucks. They beat the 76ers. Uh, they then lost to the 76ers. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Heat. They've beat the Hawks, which, yeah, is an easy one, but they also beat the Hornets. Um, I mean, admittedly, they did lose to the Bulls the game before that, but my point is, <laughs> is that they... There's no excuse. You should have just left it there. The argument was so much stronger if you had said that. But my point is, is that actually since John Wall has gone down, they've been all right. Yeah, Bradley Beal's mm-hmm. taken ownership of the team, which I think we saw in motion last week in London because he was. No, he we had, didn't see it. Last he had week. a lot of shots, man, and he missed a lot. He of didn't them. make them. Well, no, that's what I'm me saying. Money, man, I had money. On that. <laughs> hey, I put money on him as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I was like 35 points with three three pointers. That's a that's a shoe. That's a shout. Yeah. 26 points later. He um I I got I did Bricks. sort of ask him about his crappy performance um in the post. <laughs> In in the post game presser and um, and he said yeah you know what I played like absolute crap for three quarters um, but um, it's a I think it was Scott Brooks who who said to me um, that like actually Bradley Beal is one of the very few players in the league that can play crap for three quarters yet still win you a game and you know that's that's sort of says a lot about what his coach thinks of him and it says a lot about what he can do for the team um going forward especially without John Wall John Wall in the lineup it's it's going to be interesting because they obviously have some serious decisions to make as they do most off seasons as to whether they they stick with this pairing that whenever things get tough these two come to heads as not liking each other we had it at the start of last season as well. We had it the season before. Neither of them likes to to lose, and the minute one of them, the minute one of them starts talking, it's always Wall who starts talking. <laughs> that they, they talk about breaking him up. I don't know how they're going to move on from Wall because not only has he got the supermax, it's, it's a supermax with a trade kicker as well. So the minute he gets traded, he gets and, even more money. And it's so not even started some... yet. Like that contract hasn't even it's... kicked in yet. It's crazy. There's... It's it is nuts. I they've 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 got big decisions to make. Because if if it's me, I'm keeping Beal. But he's the guy who's swirling around in trade rumors, mainly probably because nobody's going to touch that wall contract with a barge pole. Well, I mean, you just got to look for a desperate team. We spoke about the Pelicans earlier. Yeah, yeah. 
what so you think the pelicans would take war i mean i i don't know like but what well yeah i'm not suggesting that you're somehow in the trade conversation but i think like i think you've got you, you've got to do something with anthony davis because let, let's be honest like yeah he can say he's gonna consider his options this summer or wherever but um but realistically that franchise cannot lose him if they lose him they have lost they've lost the team they've lost the franchise the, the city will no longer be an option for the nba so they need to they need to do something and john wall as much as i'm not no fan of his game he's one of the most talented players in the league when he's fit and when he's interested so maybe well, that's half the problem isn't it because he's, he's rarely one or the other. Yeah. I, but I get I get your point. He he is an, ex, an incredible talent if he could be engaged correctly. It's just a shame because I feel like the, the Wizards had, on paper at least, the, the potential to be a quality franchise for a long time and in reality have just... You know, the, the Jan Mahimi contract is... It's horrific as well. They've made every bad decision you can make. Yeah, but they've they've historically done that as well. I don't know how Ernie Grunfeld is still there. I I don't. What well, he he's he must have. I it's ridiculous. He's he's been there for like decades. <laughs> I, th- I think he's and been there for fifteen years, and they've never won fifty games since he's been there. Yeah, that sounds about right. They they haven't actually just... won fifty games for about fifty years, I believe. And where in this sport has that level of consistent mediocrity ever been accepted before? It's just it's ridiculous. I've I, the last like other GMs who have been around that long. R.C. Buford, well, he's he's won several chips with Pop. Pat Riley, he's won chips. Who else is there? No one. And Grunfeld is by no way, shape or form in their in the same arena or breath as, as Riley and, and Buford. I, I think they just need a revamp. Ted, Ted Leonosis uh, needs to just hit eject on this whole situation. Uh, Refresh. Speaking of eject, we're going to eject, I think. To, I tell you what, though, shout out to, to anyone who has actually listened to this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're if, still if listening, you end, if know. you're still listening, tag tag me, Mike and Matt on Twitter. And I don't know, just send us a GIF of something. <laughs> oh, God. A GIF of someone you've invited anyone now. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, no. Like, well, we had done a pod in the last couple of weeks, but we had a lot to, to talk about and catch up on. And this is a sort of second quarter of the season recap and we've we've touched on every team which means you know everybody's had their say and we've we've got a few few key pointers in we've discussed london so that's a good one um as always please follow us on twitter at double clutch uk if you're watching any of the nba games throughout the week and using league pass or watching on sky sports please do include hashtag nba in the uk in your tweets um it, it was it was pretty well used during nba london as well and i noticed we were dominating the nba london hashtag at one stage which was which is fantastic. Um, check out the website, all the content that you might have missed during the NBA London period. We'll have more and more stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're expanding the team at the moment as well, so that's um, that's been great. We've just had Archie join us, so we'll be getting some of his content up 
um, at some point soon. But yeah, we've 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 had a pretty good run of um, actual written content as well. There's probably a few things going on in the background in terms of working on maybe like a top. 25 uh, euros that's been in the running for a while and then we've got the trade the trade deadlines coming up as well so we'll have some bits and bobs to do um if you've enjoyed the podcast and you listen on itunes please do review us on there give us a review we appreciate it a lot it puts us up the rankings um yeah we're, we're on spotify and everything else um but it's been a pleasure have you two guys got anything else you want to say before we go after i'm going to bed t- two hours and 12 <laughs> minutes <laughs> Let's go to overtime. No, <laughs> let's not go to overtime. <laughs> this is where we have let's to work out. Let's talk about the WNBA. The oh God, no, let's not. Oh, we'll be here forever. We're gonna be, we're gonna be stuck. Um, yeah, no, I don't think that. Well, it might not be bad for me. I might have to go and um, put this put this thing together unless um, our Brooklyn-based producer can can sort it out for us. We'll we will find out and watch this space. Anyway, um, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. 